With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Get those nerds! They say the meek will inherit the earth. We say the nerds are already in control. Welcome to the Fracking Nerds, episode number 103. That microphone's not hooked up, so you won't be able to use that. I'm your host, Doc Martin. Joining me on the show today is... Elrock. Elrock. And Brian V. Hello, Brian V. And then, um, let me bring him up. We've got uh, everything in uh, our own... Uh, the music comes down so loud i know sorry i'm bringing the music down <laughs> and then uh finally on the skype skype hotline wow, i'm just having a hard time here skip, skip is our, skip, our, skip, our skip. own uh eric matlock suede um rudy switchblade however we want to call him I, I told him we're just gonna start calling the man him. with the longest introduction yeah i think we're gonna just call him eric matlock on the show now just drop suede yeah because that's his gimmick comedian name now and then he swayed. He's a uh, he'll be Rudy Switchblade on the uh, back row hecklers, which will be coming back next week. Whatever, whatever works. Uh, that'll be fine. You answer to everything. You answer to honey. I've seen that, there so that's go. good to know. All right, uh, just quickly want to say hello and welcome to the Fracking Nerds. As always, and we're being brought to you in part by Destination Comics, which is five zero three one Shelbyville Road in Louisville, Kentucky, which is Louisville's newest highest end retail location. They specialize in selling games of all sorts, high end statues, bus comics, pop vinyl, pretty much anything you are looking for. They've got it, and they just got a uh, new uh, setup for like a arcade cabinet, which is very nice. Wait, uh, wait, 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 wait! Hang on a second. What, yes, sir? Yeah. More details. Oh, yeah. I, I with, which them. may now be a perfect place for you guys to do the... Uh... Well, we already have one. Oh, okay. We've been there before. However, they have an arcade cabinet. Yes. I myself am allowed to be selfish. Yes. So that doesn't mean I'm not going to go by there. What's so, going on with this? Uh, they just I don't know if they just recently put it in there, but it's two of the big game controllers and a nice... It looked like almost like a 42-inch screen, maybe a little bit smaller oh, than that. I'm yeah. stopping by there soon. Yeah, and they had uh, Tekken Tag on there. E. Um, yeah, I think they got a 360 e. plugged in at the moment Fine uh, by me. but they're going to be looking to build it as a main cabinet um it is it is very sweet yeah that sounds amazing actually i'm gonna have to go stop by there so very, destination very comics which our own big brian v that is is number one place to stop by that, for his comics the most certainly that is my spot brian and evan uh eric and the crew out there they always take good care of me it is the only place in town that i currently have a holds box and like i said uh those guys are pretty cool too and this is one of the best things about those guys if you just put one book 
on hold per month, they will bag and board your books for free that you buy. I was surprised because you always bring me, like, I'll ask for something and you'll bring it to me. And I was always like, are they the ones doing this out of, you know, just being courteous? Because normally oh, yeah. they'll just shove them in a bag and go, here's your bag of oh, yeah. comics you pre-order. But they've taken the time just go ahead and already put them in a bag and board. And you can just then slide it right into your... Uh, your that's comic a, book holder now. That's a respect thing right there. That is. Yeah, so I appreciate it. I think they it. understand the the cost and the value of those comics that you're walking out with. You know, it's not like just little little fun magazines for all the kitties out there. The worst part about that place is you get stuck. You get in there, you start chit-chatting, you got some place to go, and you will be stuck in there. There's been times I've been there for over an hour and next thing I'm like, oh, I've been here an hour. I really need to leave. Well, they were running around. I was there Friday. They were running around with, and this is just we're talking about. It. I mean, they're they're they are sponsored, but this is how cool they are. Uh, they were running around with a gravity gun from uh, Half Life Two Friday. If you've ever played the game, <laughs> that's sick. Yes, yeah. you, you almost couldn't stop. You know, they were just like, and they've got all kinds of little gimmicks and gadgets. And and then the other thing that I love about the place is I'm a big like art guy with uh, pop culture and comic book and stuff like that. And they, they have some good ones. There. They bring in these artists and they've got a lot of their work up there. Rusty Shackles is one of their now uh, continuing artists that they'll have up there. That uh, he's been, he's I think up in Dayton, Ohio. So uh, you should definitely, if you like art, check it out. If you like pop vinyls and toys and stuff, check it out. And if you want to get the newest comics, they are the best place to get. And then the cool thing is, is if you get the little like uh, mini box, uh, blind boxes of the like the little small figures, you open it up. You don't like it, they'll swap it out for you. Oh yeah, especially if the ones they have on display, you're more than welcome. Say you get Millhouse and they have a Homer sitting there, you can switch your Millhouse for Homer right there on the spot. Their phone number out there is five zero two. 883-2110 so make sure you give them a call and when you do tell them you heard about them right here on the fracking this is a big line this wasn't supposed case, to turn into a big commercial but this in, is really just the cool stuff in that, that case there. nothing come up, comes up millhouse <laughs> <laughs> on this week's show uh venom might might have carnage in it <laughs> a school of rock i'll TV, speak on that later school of rock tv series is coming to nickelodeon and dark side dark is it dark child dark child creator dark child. Is suing people that does not like his comic, which the last time his comic came out was like, what, 15 years ago? Douche! <laughs> Sets up our Twitter question of the week. What hype comic could you not get into? You can tweet us at Fracking Nerds or go to our Facebook and join in the discussion. Uh, we'll talk with Brian, our own comic book guy. What what hype comic could you not get into? Um, See, the one I'm going to not get into, and it's probably because I never was a big Valiant guy. And people tell me I missed out a lot. There was a lot of really good stuff there. But <laughs> I tried to read Exo Man of War, and that is mm -hmm. a cult comic. There's lots of people that like that, right? And I think of it kind of like um, Turd Water. I'm just not okay. a huge fan of Exo Man <laughs> of War. And if they were like, "Oh man, Exo Man of War is going to get a TV show," I don't, I don't think I'd be watching Exo Man of War, the TV show. But I mean, everybody has those properties or those things that they've in the past seen or read. I even tried to read it; it's just not my thing. Elrock? Um, the funny thing is that my answer is something that's actually now a much maligned comic, but initially it was hyped by a lot of people I knew. Uh, when it first started being published, a lot of my friends really were into uh, All-Star Batman and Robin. And they were just like, yeah, it's so awesome, blah, blah, blah. And I read it, and I was just like, I feel like he's so angry. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I understand Batman has issues, but this is just, like, there's no natural projection for him with his with his ongoing problems right now. Like, all he wants to do is yell at people. 
And Robin beating up the Green Lantern. No, I'm done. <laughs> no, it was. I thought it sucked. But and the, apparently, a lot of other people did too. The whole room was painted yellow for that right. fight. It was Frank Miller and Jim Lee. Mm. So it was kind of like they took two of the big names in comics and mm. tried to throw them together to do that 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 comic. I know exactly what was you're Miller about. writing it and Jim Lee yep. was doing the art. Yes. Okay. Yes, and it was. Not either one of those gentlemen's best work. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. I will admit, like, I mean, I'm a Jim Lee Mark. Like, in terms of his artwork, I think I always, I've never seen anything look bad. This looked, I mean, it's about as good as it could be, but I just couldn't get past the fact that it was just so shitty. Like, Frank Miller decided to go just a little too over the top with it, and it just didn't come off very well, I don't think. But no, initially, I had friends who were like, man, it's so funny and it's so awesome, and blah, blah, blah. Robin beats up Green Lantern. I'm like, really? Like, I went and checked it out, and I'm just like, no. I think a lot. No, of people this is liked, pretty bad. I think a lot of people liked it because, like, the second issue, Robin is mouthing off. He's like running his mouth. He's getting smart, and Batman backhands the fuck out of him in that <laughs> comic book. Robin, and they're like, oh, Batman's kicking the shit out of Robin in the comic. And Frank Miller, <laughs> he mouthed guy, off to yeah, him. Yeah, and, ba- and for Frank it. Miller to put that in a comic, you know, that's kind of a cool thing. But I can understand why people didn't like it, and it did kind of got to the point like anything that Jim Lee did in those days. Where issue six came out in November, and issue seven hit about April of the next year. Oh my lord! Yeah, so it was that, that kind of that's, shit. That's, that's almost sounds like Kirkman there for a while, or or, or Kevin or, Smith, or Mark Mal- or Kevin Smith would just go, "I'm done working on this for a year or two. <laughs> yeah. I'll come back later." Or twelve in the case or, of Daredevil Target, and Mark I was really looking forward too. to that too. Um, let's see, uh, Suede or Eric Matlock. Or Rudy Switchblade. Look, we we'll, we'll keep it at Sway, so we don't have to keep doing this song in dance. Yeah. Oh, like we might have lost him. Suede, come in. You're our only hope. Well, oh, damn. All right, we we lost him. Bye-bye, Suede. Call back later. We'll talk to you. All right. Uh, also calling into the show, hopefully we have better luck than uh, Suede there, is uh, Chad Thomas with the 48-hour Louisville Film Project or Film uh, Competition. Um, they just announced their uh, audience awards for each of the groups. Uh, sadly, say no, no. Our oh, movie didn't make bullshit. it. Bullshit! Well, apparently we didn't have... I agree. <laughs> well, it's... It, it, they're not the movies are not being picked on the best movies like by the work the audience are picking so if if we would have showed up with a lot of people we might have had a better chance but you know the so you know you take what you take I understand that, but I mean, I've never been to a 40 hour film festival before, and I would never consider myself, oh, a film critic or expert. But some things are black and white. And if you count, if production value is counted in any of the categories in anybody in the theater's minds, then how we did not at least place, you guys didn't at least place right. in one of the top three, is fucking baffling. Well, I mean, but you can't, the thing is, is once again, you, most people, if they're going to see it, they're voting for the one their friends are in or the, the people that they know or that they're in. It's usually whoever brings the most teenagers or children. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. And you did, and you did have, I think, one of the only <laughs> ones that dropped the F-bomb, which I thought was awesome. 
Well, that that was totally off the cuff too. That wasn't in the script, but it was like it felt right when I was working the uh, dialogue. I can't wait for people to be able to see that. I don't know when you're gonna be able to post that for people to see it, and I thought it was excellent. So, but we'll talk to Chad Thomas. Talk about what goes into being in the 48 hour. Uh, you know, we're not bitter. Believe me, our film, we were very proud of what we did. Oh, yeah. And uh, lots you know. of those films were very, very interesting and very, very funny. I mean, there was a lot of good stuff there. No, and that's the other thing that I was quite impressed by is in past there have been some. Bad movies, stinkers, so, yeah. yes, and like pretty much across the board, people knew what they were doing, knew how to shoot, knew how to tell the story, and I was quite impressed by that. So you know, and then usually, usually what happens is there's like three or four really bad ones, two or three really good ones, and then middle of the road. It was a lot of just middle of the road, and then a couple really really good ones. So yes. I don't know. I can only say there was one there that I was like, after it was over with, I was kind of like. <laughs> Ah, that was just the one. But besides that, all of them I saw in our block, and the block, I keep saying R, and you guys' block was fantastic. <laughs> but my name was in it, so I can say R, I guess. I guess that's okay. That's that's why you're defending it. That's why. That's why. Whereas if I say it, it's like, get out. No, <laughs> my name's not on that anywhere. He said, you're taking on Vic T. Miser tonight, and I'm in the back row, and I'm like, yes! All right, Swade, are you back? Yeah. You were literally right. a back row heckler. Yeah, if you could figure out how to turn your camera, that may help us out because then that's uh, taking away. You've earned your stripes on so, that. So I don't know. But we'll figure I don't know that. how this really works. There's no button. You like, sound it's better like now. Skype where you can. Maybe, you I said you sound better. Maybe that'll be something we work in in, in the past that's, or in the future so uh, that we're not boring our audience. So Chad Thomas, 48 Hours, will be coming on here for the show. So let's get into the show, everybody. Are we excited now? Woohoo! All right, Barnes and Noble. All right, calm down. Barnes and Noble. God damn! Is looking to. I know you won the lottery, but calm down. <laughs> They're looking to Google to rival Amazon same day book deliveries. Uh, they have. So what they're looking to do is work with Google, just like Amazon is doing, where it's giving, uh, where you can buy stuff and get it same day. Uh, which I think with Barnes and Noble, they'll just be doing the books compared to Amazon, which you can, if you want a pair of socks, the same day. Uh, the service will be free for Shopping ex- Express subscribers, which I don't know if any of you all are Shopping Express subscribers right now. Uh, Amazon Negative. Prime members will pay five ninety nine per same day delivery. Not bad, six dollars if you know you want to get it. Like some stuff. You know, if you walk into Walmart, it may not be there, mm-hmm. or so. Um, six dollars for next day shipping is pretty. No, six dollars for same day. Same day, same like, day. that's pretty good because I mean, like a lot of places will charge like what, like twenty, thirty bucks for same day. Yeah, shipping. but next I think day shipping. I think you have to order day? by like noon. That's like the latest you can order. Which to make that's sure it gets still to that's tolerable. Um, Just keep it in the back of your mind. You're fine. And uh, the Barnes and Noble thing will cost four ninety nine for non members compared to nine ninety eight on Amazon. So you've got some. The thing is, they're launching now in stores in Manhattan, West Los Angeles, and San Francisco Bay Area, with expansions coming to Queens and Brooklyn. Us in Louisville, Kentucky, will probably be a long time before we get it. Well, my damn. Pro- my problem with Barnes & Noble is the fact that I was a huge, huge fan of Borders before it closed. Me and my wife both. And this is Holly Cook. This, right here. <laughs> and that was probably about maybe four years ago before Ooh. the big digital craze came in you yeah. know, and everything. And they would give me a coupon at least once every three to five days for 30 to 50 percent off any one item in the store. Oh, that's sick. Oh, man. I was buying. I was getting paid to read Walking Dead trades to catch oh, nice. up. I would go buy it. I would get 50 percent off. I would read it. I'd put it on eBay and make money to go buy the next one. And I did that for a long time. And when Borders closed... 
it was a sad day in my life. I, I, I Part of me went with it. Yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> and I tried to switch over to Barnes and Noble because there's literally one within walking distance from where I live. But like the, some of the graphic novels are behind the counter. What you have to ask for them? Yes. Now, and why would they be behind the counter? Versus, I mean, is it content that's in there, or because there I were? I think it might have been content. Well, they the, were but don't sure. they have like the sex books that are? Oh yeah, you got the photography books with Bush hanging out in the third aisle. But I can't see Walking Dead. I have to tell them I want the newest edition of Walking Dead. That's cool. A musical counter. bands hanging out in the third aisle. That's awesome. <laughs> no, oh, different, not the, Bush. different Bush. I thought he meant the president. We've got Bush. We've got Bush. Ex president Bush. Oh, it which, could be next president one, too. Also. <laughs> Oh, God. I didn't mean to let's, just, let's not, just derail let, the show. Yeah, I'm just, sorry yeah, to say no, that. no politics, please. Now, uh, now, Sway, would you work on it? Would you do something like that if you're? I don't. I don't know how many books you read a day or whatever. Books. Hello. Or book. Did we lose Sway again? I, th- I think we might have. Rob, Something's going on. I think he must have. Be- With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Having a weird thing. He's coming, calling back in. This is totally having problems. I'm worried about uh, our calling for the guest today. Let's see. I don't know. Uh, but see, I don't, myself, I mean, unless you're homebound or whatever, I mean, what really service is this? Or maybe you work a weird shift and you want to, you know, it's hard to get out to the Barnes & Noble. Maybe it'd be a good deal, but I don't know. Mm. I guess it may also be cheaper mm. if you live in, like, New York or something like that to pay to get a taxi down to wherever you need to go to and pick it up and try not to get stabbed on the subway. Who knows? Oh, yeah. I remember reading on Twitter about Joe Hill, who's the son of Stephen King, and he was complaining about the fact that certain people aren't evolving and, like, how different places have their own almost, like, Kindle app. Like, you have to certain certain publishers, you have to have their app to read that on your device. You can't just download it straight to your Kindle or whatever. And he's like that... Um, he was afraid that there was going to be more issues with that with this Barnes and Noble takeover thing, if I'm not mistaken. And I understand that some people, I think that printed books are fastly going by the wayside. I think oh yeah, a lot of oh, thing that's is been a thing for a few years is, now. Is at least. downloading. So I mean, I think they almost had to do something to compete with Amazon when it comes to that because an Amazon new book that comes out and the only reason I can I can say from experience because in the last month my wife has bought me two hardcover books she bought me the new Stephen King Mr. Mercedes right. and she brought me the new Mr. the new Dresden Files um, both those books hardcover retail for probably about 24 to $29 a piece mm-hmm. well, she got them off Amazon Prime and they were at my house and I know the least she got was 40% off either one of them oh yeah and they're at my house 
if not the day, if she orders them, then at least the day after that. You know, I mean, so most time it's the next day, but sometimes it may be like yours on Monday. By Wednesday, they're there. Well, that's the one thing that I like about with Amazon is I ordered the new Brian O'Malley uh, hardcover tray. How was that? It was very, very good. And being a fan of Scott next. Pilgrim and stuff like that, uh, you know, and I. And when it, and the book's called Second, if you have not read it, uh, picking it up, I ordered through Amazon, and uh, well, I don't know what this is going on. And uh, the the cool thing was is whatever I paid, I paid like fifteen bucks, was apparently cheaper than what the price was going to be set at anyway. Yeah. And then when I got it, I got an email from Amazon saying, "Oh, it actually was less when it finally was shipped. Here's three more dollars back to your account." Exactly. I was like, "Well, thank you, Amazon, for being honest." Wait, are you back? I am. All right. I don't know what problems we're having. Uh, I, I don't know if it's my speed on my system over here or you. You're having issues on your in on speed also, aren't you? Yes. The irony <laughs> goes <through> Time Warner. <laughs> Thank you, Time Warner, which I may have to go to because this DSL crap is not working for me. You have right. DSL here? Oh, God. Yeah. That explains everything. Well, yeah. Well, because we don't have anything else. It's Jeez. either Time Warner, which... Uh, I'm trying to get away from, but I'm, I'm ultimately have to go back to. Uh, but if they do go Comcast, I will probably go back to DSL with unlimited. Apparently, for me, it was uh, I have high speed internet, quote unquote high end, high speed internet. Yeah. But apparently, if you live in a house, that can affect your speed. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's actually true. That's true. That's true statement. It that's makes so no weird sense. to think about though, because that's supposed to be like the thing you're supposed to do. Like you're supposed to have a house someday. Mm-hmm. Why have a house if there's going to be more drawbacks? Yeah, the further you oh, are away from where your router is, Wi-Fi wise, it, it truly affects. Well, I- yeah, you have to get a booster and everything else. I don't know uh, if. Yeah, he's his is a maybe, major, sir. Maybe a condo is like the perfect halfway point. Who knows? Now, because we have issues with, uh, like, if I try to stream to my Chromecast, it, it's an issue. You're uh, also on DSL. Yeah, that's true, too. I'm just going to yeah. move into a Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> Can I bring my futon? Next, right. next door to a McDonald's. two grandes a day. <laughs> well, the Canadian police are getting on into sexting. Well, not the way you guys are probably thinking. They're wanting a way to tell teens to respond to when they get a sex that they don't intend to want to deal with. Ooh, baby. It's an app uh, called... Uh, Every trying to think what it's reply. called. Uh, oh, the app is called Send This Instead, and it has 57, as they say, humorous and sarcist- sarcastic ways to deal with dick pic responses. Because uh, I, and ultimately, I don't think uh, anybody really wants a dick pic sent to them, girl Speak or guy. Speak for yourself. You oh, are you waiting for the dick pics? Well, <laughs> joking. Please, he flashed away there for a moment. Please send you? to our own Brian V here your dick pic. I will put I'm up his number later on the way. Make sure you know the rules to dick pics. There are rules. Okay? Yeah, you got to put a watch. In your shot, in a, a certain light, and everything else. You just yeah, and a, a newspaper with today's date on it. Yeah, to make sure it is actually today's dick, not uh, last week's dick. Today's dick. <laughs> I had a friend who uh, he put a quarter on there to show size and sent it to a girl, and the girl was like, "They take quarter off that." Like, no, it's a half dollar. I swear. <laughs> All right, some of the things that you can uh, send will be like. Uh, let's see some of the words. Uh, I'm going to say what your mother should have. Nope. <laughs> uh, save the bandwidth. Download a life. Okay, that's fucked up. Like that almost <laughs> sounds like an anti-abortion message or something. Is it possible to get an STD from a text? Cause, cause this conversation is, and is making me itchy. Uh, and then one that says, "Wow, enjoy jail." Sick. <laughs> 
And then uh, that would violate both my data and dating plans, neither of which include you. Ooh, Canadian's about to get devoted. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. Uh, and one says, no, but keep taking the selfies. The cops will appreciate you making your own mugshot. Does that giraffe say grow? Uh, it says nah. Nah. Okay. G N A W. Yeah. And then I think That's one. Even worse. I think one was like uh, the same thing I told your dad and your brother and your grandpa. No. Sick. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. How do they all have that her one's number? actually funny? How do they all have what? How do they all have the same person's number? I Isn't don't know. It, all grandma? It, was, it was probably yeah. It was grandma. Grandma. <laughs> grandma set her up on all the kinds of blind dates, all with family. Uh, do you think this is going to help the young ladies in Canada deal with uh, unsolicited? Do dick they dick? actually have these problems? Like, how could no? I figured they would just be like any Canadian and go, "No, thank you." I think I was say <laughs> I figured Canadians were pretty. You know, they they had a pretty decent sense of humor about everything. So maybe I'm wrong. I don't, I don't know. know. I didn't know it was that much of an epidemic going on in Canada with those. Yes. Random. They don't want that degrassi. We can't tell whose penis that is. All we see is snow and a penis. Where's that at? We don't want the Degrassi generation getting out of control, I, know. I suppose. <laughs> well, here's Crazy. something you could do with your penis. They're making a pedometer for your penis. It's called Sex Fit. Uh, just like the, what? Just like the, the wave of uh, the arm bracelets that you can wear to measure your walking and exercise. So you can measure like your number of erections per day? Like I don't understand. No, you can measure the actual pumpage. Yeah, can, yeah exactly. It like, flashes different lights. <laughs> It's a wonderful creation. I, I'm gonna. When did this show become sponsored by Sorellas or Adam and Eve? Like, what are we doing here? Well, we will accept an Adam and Eve. Ad- ad- advertising <laughs> is advertising. Okay. And they just got free advertising, apparently. British adult retailer Bondero is leading the charge, showing off a prototype activity tracker and sex toy that goes on the gentleman's region. I'm not walking around a day with something like that attached to my jug. Uh, the sex Why? fit is a ring that? that sits at the base of the penis. Done. Tra- trapping. No. Out trapping blood for better erections, but also packs an accelerator, accelerometer. Accelerometer. Thank you, man. I was not. And a Bluetooth module. Fucking a! I'm (laughs) sign me up. That that way, your in and out statistics will be shared with a companion app on your smartphone that'll tell you your thrust per minute and even the calories you burn. I'm just going to point out: you don't burn many calories having sex, no matter what they tell you. You only because the actual amount of exercise to get your heart rate going is very short amount of time like a couple minutes i'm gonna post that shit to facebook and my <laughs> status is like the people that just walk 6.6 miles well yes you I'm can gonna, even yes. share these figures with your friends on social media oh fuck yeah hey ain't jan just to let you know <laughs> <laughs> the hardware also vibrates enabling you to set its specific intervals either for enhanced pleasure or so you can put the metronome back downstairs in your music bedroom um sigh Society. There are even five LEDs oh, that man. sit on top of the device that light up when you hit a steady rhythm. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Tells you how good you're doing. <laughs> I know. Like a, Kids like out. A, like a metronome. Come on. <laughs> so Children. essentially, you're pretty much right. This is a metronome for your dick. It is. That's exactly what you're saying. Okay. You're like, I'm going to get up to five today, baby. Time to measure performance. When really, why can't you just ask her? Because <laughs> even if she's lying to you. Sway, is this something uh, you may pick up? If he's still there, did we lose him again? Yeah. We lost him. Bye, Rudy. We may just have to give up on Sway tonight. Sorry, Sway. Maybe another show. Ryan? Hopefully every other show. Almost, uh, sign me up. Okay. <clears throat> I will send you the link. I'm thinking because, 
I mean, who would not want to read the Facebook statuses? That as soon as you see that, you're gonna be like, "What the fuck is this guy posting oh, this for?" You know, and and think about like if a girl is severely mad at her significant other, yeah, and she can get that data yep. and be like, "This sorry sack of <laughs> shit, look at this reading," you know. So <laughs> this I mean, is why yeah, the problems I'm having. Yeah, you, you you girls now know. Wow, on Monday morning, my hair's all jacked up. I've got a triple <laughs> latte, and I'm still pissed. You know why? Because he only brought up three lights last night. Okay, three <laughs> measly lights. Okay, look at his pump ratio. Oh, <laughs> all right. Well, that'll bring the sh- that'll take us to the break. Carnage could be coming to Venom. We break this down when we return on the Fracking Nerds. From New Japan to WWE. Back Row Hecklers is a comprehensive show that brings you news from the squared circle. Interviews each show will feature new up-and-comers as well as legends of the business. There will also be tell-all stories from the road as well as current news from WWE to the Indie Feds and everything in between. So it doesn't matter if you're a smart or a curtain jerker. Join us at Spreaker.com or subscribe to Back Row Hecklers on iTunes. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a big fan of the show. I bet you wondered, hey, what do those nerds think about the nerdiest things that are going on during the week? Well, then visit our website, FrackinNerds.com. FrackinNerds.com is a daily website featuring cool video, geek stuff to buy, and weekly TV and movie reviews. You can also follow us on Twitter at FrackinNerds or Facebook.com slash FrackinNerds to get the daily updates and when our podcast goes live. So remember, that website again is FrackinNerds.com. Back to the fracking nerds. Did anybody go really see cool the remix movie? That's actually a really cool remix. I want to steal that. All right. uh, did I go see it? No. However, I do have news about it. Oh, you have uh, news? News. Okay. Uh, it won the box office for the weekend. Oh, no. So it beat Guardians. It did, but right. not by a huge margin. Not like how Guardians beat out whatever was number two that week. Lucy, I guess. Because right. that was like a curb stomping. What like Guardian made like opening weekend, uh, opening weekend 94.5 million, something like that. Wow. It, was, it was massive. I know, but I bet massive. my friend it would be over 100. I, th- I really thought it was going to hit 100, man. What's that? Guardians. Guardians. I was hoping um, for over 100, 100 million weekend. I really, I really the, was with that. Oh, I that was la- would have had it been last, last weekend. weekend. Yeah, I was okay. really here's hoping. The, uh, what did it do this weekend, Guardians? The three, here's the three-day top ten. Uh, I'm not even going to go through the rest of the ten. I'll just oh, yeah. look at the top two. Uh, Guardians came in really strong for a second week at 41.5 million. Oh, fuck yeah, that's almost half. Pulled in over 175.9 million total. 
And I think that's just domestic. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if that's yeah, worldwide, yeah. but I might be wrong. No way that's Whereas worldwide. Whereas Turtles for the opening weekend pulled in $65 million, which is about $24 million than Guardians made, but still not as much as Guardians made in its opening weekend. So $65 million is blockbuster, right? So I'd say 60, so. It's, mean, it hasn't made its budget back. That's well, for sure. I don't know. I mean, I would say they were hoping Guardians would get 65 last week, and it went hit 95. That's what he was predicted before – the the Friday the Thursday night Friday showings yes. and then it was he was speculating he was going to get up to ninety and then ninety five was much higher than they were expecting so sixty five which would have been Guardians which probably not as hyped even though Marvel's hyped up uh, was a low number because I mean it was for ti- for turtles you think no, sixty five is low I think sixty five is low. With how much money they've spent on advertising well, and yeah, everything else, I don't know what the budget was I, for I that movie. Give me a second, I can find out. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go no, no, you're good. I'm just, I'm, I'm just researching. I'm going to look up the I budget for it. I don't remember. I remember them saying a little while back, but this was probably like 2000. It's been a few years, so you could be correct on that. But I remember them saying, in like um, when they were first talking about that Marvel had all these movies on the horizon and they were starting to do these things. And I remember them saying, you know, even though we may invest, you know, $120, $130 million into making a movie, if you get a $60 million opening weekend, then that's considered blockbuster status, especially when it comes to that genre of a movie. Because I don't really know if it's more budget involved or more than... But you got to figure Turtles had to go up against Guardians in the second weekend who had a very strong word of mouth. You oh, know? yeah, it did. And this is not, though. That's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Turtles is not. So the te- I think the test of this will be what Turtles pops up with on next weekend. Sure. I think there's going to be a major drop. Yeah, I, I, you think like oh, 18, yeah, I agree. Million? Yeah, I, yeah I, th- I, I think because the people that wanted to go see it were the, the, the old school. F- with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Fans at least wanted to see, hey, could this possibly be good? Did Rudy get to go see it? Or do you uh, I do not know. I don't think so. Um, He's he, a huge Turtles fan though, right? Uh, All three of us are. Yeah. Okay. Here's one thing I am going to throw out. Um... The, the the only review I read of the movie that stuck with me was this reviewer for Kotaku, and the reason it stuck with me was because he pointed out, well, I definitely didn't enjoy the movie. My kids loved it, so that could be saying a lot. That's but good for there me. Is, that's what I was telling you earlier. Um, but the thing that stuck out to me the most was he mentioned that the only thing to him in that movie that was genuinely funny was already released as a promo clip. It had the Turtles, like, it was on their way to their confrontation with Shredder, and they were in this elevator, and they did it as improv beatboxing. 
And I'm yeah. thinking. Oh, yeah. I heard like I'm Leonardo thinking. jumps in and people are like, that shouldn't be. Leonardo wouldn't have been the one to jump in on a beatbox. Right, right, right. But, but my point was. shut up. What I was yeah. getting. <laughs> like, Shh, guys, we're getting, we're almost there. Well, wouldn't Raphael be the one to say, shut the hell up. Let's, we got to, we got something to do. Cause well, it would be Mikey and maybe Donatello, but I don't think Raph or Leonardo well, would. My point was, apparently it was the only funny part of the movie and I watched it and I didn't laugh once. So what should that say? All right, we're getting to, actually our own Suede watched it. He said, unfortunately, we can't get him verbally to say it. He hated it. The story was poorly executed. <laughs> and he's writing some more, so we'll find out. Uh, they did a good job on the turtles themselves. I heard that. I read that the turtles interactivity, the way they talk to each other, they said that was that was good. But they said the story is way too predictable. They said the fight sequence at the end looked like the fight sequence on the Amazing Spider-Man. They were just like, this is, you know... It's it's very hollow of a movie compared to the person who was complaining that Guardians of the Galaxy was a hollow of a movie that was reading on <laughs> Facebook. So I don't know. I think I think some people are just haters to be haters. Oh no, I can. Understand. That could be the case. But if you don't like something, you don't like it. I mean, my only problem with hating is if you say, "Oh, that that movie sucked," and you say why, and someone cannot follow it up with a reason. No one is nothing's perfect, and that's what makes all of us different. Is we all like different yeah. things. Like I enjoyed the Amazing. We've talked about this, I think, one time before. But I like the Amazing mm. Spider-Man Two movie, and uh, most everyone else pretty much blanket shitted on that. But I thought that, I shitted on aspects of it. That's for damn sure. But I thought that lots of it was really well done, and I think that like when Andrew Garfield cried and then cried again and then cried again <laughs> and then cried again. That's what Sal Volcano said on on on, on his I mean, podcast. Because like he that's was whatever. he was such an emo that whole fucking movie and and plus andrew garfield had his mask off quite a bit in that movie oh god don't get me going on the mask <laughs> oh, and everything he's, he's been on there. but when gwen stay spoiler alert fuck everybody that hasn't seen it sorry when her fucking neck snaps and she dies that was really well done yeah that was really well done and i think electro anything I, involving peter gwen was great yes because I, I actually thought she may survive that fall Mm-hmm. Even though I know how you the had, comic book you goes, you had that glimmer of yep. hope, and I think that Jamie Fox knocked it out of the fucking park. He was awesome, but it kind of like the transition of his character wasn't really well done after he had his first encounter with Spider-Man. Like everything that led up to that, including the lab accident, I thought was really well done. But then all of a sudden, he's like in this underground lab where he's supposed to be completely constrained, and I'm just like, I'm not buying it. Do I need to pull you all back? That we were talking it. about turtles. You can <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. And I do have something else to throw in about that. I've heard. This is what I've heard outside of what Swade just told us from not only someone I know, but in the same review that I just discussed, referring to that scene. They both said the movie is not necessarily so bad that it's good and not so bad that it's just outright awful or offensive. The pro- biggest problem with it is that it's just ultimately, ultimately completely forgettable. And you don't want a movie to be that. I heard... That just made it to be really The funny thing is, is hearing people go... It's not that bad. Like, I guess they were expecting that just... That just means they don't care. Yeah, it was like... And that's not good. You know, it was kind of like, eh, it's okay. I probably would watch on TNT if it was on the television. I don't know. I mean, that's what it, it almost sounds like. It's bad that that is a review. Is It's, it's not that bad. Yeah. Like, th- that obviously tells you you were expecting it to be bad. And he was, you know, Michael Bay in the way he does things and... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Jonathan Liebesman too. He really hasn't. Unless you're like a huge fan of Battle Los Angeles, he hasn't really done anything the, great. The great thing the though is we have our turtle new turtle comics from IDW and the animated series and the animated series. And they're both awesome. So if you're looking for some good stuff, that is there. 
I'm a firm believer that, and I've said this many times on the podcast, I'm going to say it again. If I'm in the movie theaters and I'm thinking about something else besides what's happening on the screen, that movie gets a big fat fucking fail. Yeah. Because you should be engulfed in what's happening. And when I went and saw Guardians of the Galaxy, my sons are giving me high fives. There's fuckers standing up and clapping mm-hmm. and shit. And you don't get that every time you go to the movies. I mean... No. Yeah, the movie was just a big yeah moment <laughs> encompassed in about an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. Now, yeah, I I'm wondering if, if people that are going to see it like this weekend, when they say that there's too much hype with Guardians, are they... Because I... I went in with I was excited. I was that was the first movie I've seen in a long time that I was excited the night before. I was like, I know this is gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. And I always felt like Guardians could go either two ways. It could go either really bad or really good and it went the other there way. It wasn't gonna be a middle ground. But with I that think movie. I think now the hype with everyone seeing going, That's such a great movie that when these other people that weren't the ones ready to go see it, they go see it and they're just like, Ah, oh, it's not that good. Or they were automatically going in ready to dismiss the movie yes. because of how excited everybody it's like when people were like, Gravity, gravity's so good and then you have the people like, That's not real. There's no way that she could land that way. There's no way she could do those things. This is Suspend not real. your disbelief. This is not God. scientific. Unless you're Neil deGrasse, you, you should have no other reason to be able to break down the science fact. Because fuck you and your science. <laughs> <laughs> fuck your science, bitch. Yeah, unless you're a big black man wearing your... Uh, your Whoa, man. Your, Why's it got to be black? Well, Neil deGrasse Tyson is big black guy. <laughs> I don't know if you know that or not. So Anyway, the, the numbers are at least here now, at least for Turtles. So far, it's made $93.7 million at the box office for the weekend or think oh, that wow. encompasses the rest of Sunday. Okay. Still hasn't made its budget back though. Its budget was 125 million. That's low for a film like that. You're usually I mean uh, mm, not necessarily Well not because like uh like Turtle? Scott Pilgrim on Mars or whatever the hell it was called. I uh, mean it's not like they hired good actors. Now can I Oh well, hello budget. Suede yeah, welcome yeah, back for a minute. Let me tell you about <laughs> the turtles before I get cut off again or before I get dropped. Here was my take on the Turtles. They did a good job on the Turtles themselves. It was a poor execution of story. And I felt like it uh, it was due to bad editing. Like, there was a lot that they showed in the trailers that didn't make it to the theatrical cut. So I feel maybe when they do a director, maybe a director's cut, it could be better. Okay. Hmm. Now, now rumors are in, um, this could be a spoiler, is William Finchner is actually not the Shredder in this movie, correct? No, yeah, but they show that in commercials. I'm, there was... I felt like the the Shredder character was developed. I mean, the, like the, the everything was like I, I don't know. It, I mean, I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it. It just the delivery of the story was so loose that it was like it just took me out of it. The way that they came up, the way that they learned their 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 fighting style and everything it was it was ridiculous i i know and i know it, it was a movie based for kids and i and i tried to go in with an open mind for the most part i did it gotcha. just there was those things there that i felt lacked that kind of took me out of the film i mean there and i could go into detail but i don't really want to because i don't want to spoil it for you guys because you haven't seen it yet I got two kids. One of them's ten. I don't think it's going to take away from anything. Like I, say. <laughs> I got two kids. One's ten, and one's thirteen. The thirteen-year-old, he's a fan of the turtles, but more of the recent show than the original show, which is awesome. Yes, he. It, that's what he said, and he has read a couple of reviews, and he actually told me he's like, Dad, I really don't even know if I want to go see it, and that's crazy because he's down for all of the superhero films. So, but I think the ten-year-old, he's like. Dead, really? How bad could it be? It's it's the Ninja Turtles. It's on the big screen. <laughs> and he, he has that ten year old mentality. Yeah. So part of me is like, okay, I'm going to take them to go see it and everything. But but if it's more designed for kids, then that's kind of a. I can't really knock it without seeing it. You know what I'm saying? Right. 
I'm gonna make. But a- I would say like it had a lot like for fans. Every like for everyone, you know, we're all fans. There's definitely stuff in there for you. But gotcha. and that's what I'm saying is none of that. I think they did a good job with. The way that the, the, the turtles interacted with each other, it was just the story itself was so bad that it ruined the movie for me. And the editing was bad as well. Like, there were scenes that didn't line up, if that makes sense. I want to Maybe th- to- oh, go ahead, Rudy. I'm sorry. I was, I was going to say, that, like, to Doc, as somebody who knows editing, yes. you would, you'll sit there and watch it and go, some of this doesn't line up. And, it, and it, I felt like took away from the movie. Well, yeah, if there's bad editing, it can take you out of a movie very quickly. And I want to take so, uh, I want to go back to something I, Brian said um, about how his kids said, you know, how bad can it really be? Not two weeks ago, someone, I don't remember who it was, asked, actually confronted me about it and said, can it really be any worse than Turtles 3? And even I was apprehensive to answer that question. And I'm thinking, you yeah. know it can be because Turtles 3 was not good. <laughs> like, as a kid, I mean, I, it was definitely my least favorite of the movies, but as an adult, I would never watch it again. It is an absolute shithole. <laughs> and that's what's scary about this movie. I'm like, man, I, I don't want, want anything to be worse I, than that. Well, like, uh, Len, uh, Iraq, you talk about this a lot, and maybe this will probably be in that same vein, but, like, I feel like, like I said before, the director's got, like, maybe how, like, Daredevil got that bad rap, but the director's cut's really good. Yeah, the director's cut was solid. Right, so maybe this could happen, because there's a whole scene, like, I mean, in the previews, they showed uh, Raph walking around New York City in his trench coat, you know, like his, yep. that's, like, his thing. None of that was in the film. Hmm. So, so I'm wondering if, like, a lot of it was, uh, like, left on the cutting room floor, so maybe if that was put in... You can get a little more better character development. I, I don't know. I guess they figured out the trench coat couldn't cover the do rag. <laughs> Possibly, I don't know. <laughs> That's the one like character striking difference amongst the four that really just gets on my nerves. Like Don wearing goggles, I'm actually okay with that. It's kind of weird, but at least it fits. With rag, rag with rag with the do rag, I'm just like, are you trying to be racist? I don't understand. Like, what yes, is going on here? I get if my biggest like again, I said they did. I think they did a good job with the turtles and. Uh, but I felt like the thing, if I had to nitpick how they treated the turtles, it was how they treated Donatello because he is my favorite character, my favorite turtle. Uh, and so it's like they really drove the point home that, yes, he is a nerd. It's like, okay, we get it. He's he's the, the smart one. I mean, they really, I mean, hammered that home with like his, the way they treated him. <laughs> he's a nerd. You get it? He's a nerd. Yeah. You know? He's got the big, he's got the big Coke rimmed glasses. And, oh, it's. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> you know, I feel the same way, but I assume you've seen the, the animated movie from 2007, right? Oh. <laughs> Someone apparently Hi, Betty! <laughs> Swade, are you still there? <laughs> well, I'll wait till he gets back. Yes, that was loud. Um, I'm going to bring him back. When it comes down to... When it, when it came to that movie, I actually felt the exact same way about Donatello. I mean, it's not so much that he like got a job in tech support or whatever, because you know, nerds do that or whatever. That was fine. But the way he... He interacted and he spoke his lines to the other characters. It just came off as very, like, neurotic. And I was like, that bothered me. Like, that bothered me more than any other character development in that movie. And I enjoyed that movie. I thought it was really well done. But that, that in terms of the turtle de- character development, I was just kind of like, that's too much of a push. You know, like, we get it. He's supposed to be the smart one. But, you know, having him approach Raph and just pe- speaking everything like in a complete monotone, just like stream, it was just like, eh, it doesn't need this. I feel it's kind of weird. Maybe I'm the only person that noticed that, or whatever. But what he said, what he said reminded me of that. 
I don't think he's with us. He's uh, dealing with the dogs. The dog I'll bring definitely hated that. <laughs> Apparently so. I'll have to bring it out to him next time I see him. Then. Or if he listens like to the, the show. <laughs> All right. Well, we should be getting a call here. Actually, what I'm going to do is go ahead and uh, buzz him real quick. Uh, do we Chad not have Thomas. anything else to discuss about movies? No, we do, but it is time for our call with uh, Chad Thomas, so I'm going to buzz him remember, and see if he's for us. I wasn't trying to be pushy. I just couldn't remember. No, we have a lot Oops. to do. I meant movies. I know. Obviously, we, we have a ton to no, do. No, we have a lot to talk about with uh, the Turtle. I mean, uh, Turtle's got us in a nice little conversation, but it was good to actually have somebody that's it reviewed it. So This is true. Hello, Chad. Are you there? Hey, I'm here. How are you? Excellent. We're doing good. Oh, look, and he's, he's he got us up on his webcam, too. Well, we're with Chad Thomas. He is running the Louisville, Kentucky 48-hour film competition, which uh, which ran, which ran started, uh, what, two, three weeks weeks ago? And then uh, we had... Right. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. yeah, it started um, about three weeks ago. Uh, people met up at Molly Malone's here in the Highlands. They were assigned a prop a character and a line of dialogue and then they drew genres out of a hat and then they had 48 hours to go and make a short film between four and seven minutes long uh, they had to write it direct it edit it do all their music um, and get it turned in by 7:30 in order to be eligible for our competition now how many groups did you have this year uh, we had 30 um, and all 30 finished a film now they didn't all finish on time but they all turned something in. Well, that's very good. I mean, what usually, I mean, uh, getting 100% all in, that's a rare occurrence, correct? I mean, normally you at least one or two didn't drop off. I, I, I've never seen it happen before. Usually what will happen is on Saturday or Sunday, I will get a call from someone that will say, hey, my whole team walked out on me. Um, <laughs> I don't have a film. Nice. <laughs> Oh, and, yeah. and surprisingly, getting 100% in with the storm that we had in the city of Louisville, I lost power at my own place for until 6 in the morning, which luckily I had a group that I was working with, so we weren't at my place because uh, that would have hurt our editing time frame. So, yeah, surprisingly, getting everybody in, was that's an awesome feat for them. Yeah, I did hear it from a couple teams that they wound up having to go into work where they have backup generators <laughs> and uh, take their laptops and finish their films there but where they can got it done people find information if you're not in the area of louisville kentucky this could be in a city close to you where do they find this information right the uh, website is www.48hourfilm.com and uh, that has all of the information for uh, the uh, the worldwide competition this is in about 135 cities around the world uh, this year's is getting close to finishing up um, the next big event that's going to happen. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we'll be in March, uh, Filmapalooza, um, which is where they show the winning films from all 135 cities and they determine which film is the best film for 2014. Oh, excellent. Um, and. Like, where do the top, top films, wh- what city is usually uh, the greater amount of those come from? Paris. Paris. <laughs> no, we, we haven't had a best, uh, we haven't had a winner internationally from the U.S. in, in quite a number of years. What are they um, doing? How are they so much better than us? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it is... I, 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 I uh, tell people to go watch the winning films from each year. Um, there was one a couple of years ago. Um, uh, I don't remember its name off the top of my head, but it was it was amazing. Um, and you could tell that they still had limitations. It was in black and white, which usually if I, I say, if you don't have good color, make your film black and white. That's true. Which they did. But it was about a... Um, a guy who uh, dies on the set of his new movie, and so they rig up his corpse to finish the film with him in it. Oh, yeah, and, I, I uh, saw that. That's it was, great. <laughs> it's a very... Yeah, well, yeah, did really, they have it, dark comedy on that one? Because it's definitely a dark comedy. Yeah, they did. Yeah, it was dark comedy. I mean that, if And you, then the year before that, the winning film had... Uh, and I don't remember his name. The guy who played The Hobbit. So um, you was, get was you in, sometimes was, get some pretty big names into the, these things. Josh Trank, who is going to be doing the Fantastic Four, actually did the forty-eight hour in his country. Um, so you got to think there's big directors have come from do, working on this. So this is a great opportunity if you're wanting to. And it's it's the one thing with with I've worked on forty-eight hours. It's a great thing is is a lot of times you have problems trying to schedule people together. You know when you got to do this, and so you get everyone to commit, and you knock it out, and you put your best foot forward, and you hope something can come of it. And every time we've done it, you learn problems or you know limitations that you have, and grow from there because you're like, hey, we weren't that strong with audio. We need to make sure somebody's better with this, or you know, we know if we don't start getting times or keep fighting about directions, we're we're not going to get edited this piece and adapt and survive. Yeah. And it is amazing <laughs> what you learn. Um, how many people are like continuing groups that come in every every year? Um, we've only had one team that has participated in all nine years. Oh wow, of the Louisville Forty Eight. Oh, wow. But we do have several teams that this is you know, their fifth year, their sixth year. It's a little hard to keep track of because a lot of times you'll have people that were on a different team last year and now they're they started their own team or they're bouncing around um but it is nice it's kind of the the film community of louisville kind of comes together for this thing and i'm really trying to make that happen for next year next year is our 10th anniversary in louisville and so all the teams that have kind of gotten away from it you know they feel like oh well i did it a few times and i've kind of outgrown it Louisville has never won a single award on the international stage, and so my argument to them is you didn't outgrow it. You never got good enough. That's, so that's, that'd be come correct. back and try again. You should do like the 75th anniversary of Hunger Games and uh, let's get all the award winners <laughs> back, and they all have to fight for that, that prize for the 10th anniversary. Oh, yeah. That's right. And, and then they have to murder each other, too, so that you only have one winner that can continue on. Glad we didn't win. <laughs> it's the ten years, it's forty-eight X. We can uh, we can have rivalries. Now, with uh, what did, what did Louisville have for its uh, genres and its uh, the categories that they had to deal with? 
Well, the uh, the genres are the same regardless of what city you're in, and they change um, year to year. Now that said, you don't. There are more genres than there are teams in each group, so you don't necessarily have every genre represented. For example, this year, and also if you don't like the genre that you draw, you can throw back for what's considered a wild card genre, which are a little bit weirder usually. So, for example, this year. Um, one of the staples in 48 is the musical or western genre. And uh, we had nobody do one of those. Everybody <laughs> that drew it threw back for the wild card. And so we wound up with oh, things God. that we've never seen here before, like inspirational film. Um, but the standard genres are pretty standard genres for the most part. You've got, uh, you know, comedy, romance, horror, drama, you know, kind of the typical things that you would expect to see. Then they throw a few things that they made up in there, like Film de Femme, which is a strong female lead. Um, people frequently misunderstand that one. They think it means like a woman that swears a lot, but uh, or a woman that kicks people's asses. But um, that's not necessarily what it is. But. And, I, and I have to say also, uh, w when you do a Film de Femme movie, don't just take a male role and put a female in it. Actually write it for a strong female. Uh, that's I think yeah, a lot of people do that. They're like, well, we'll just write it as a strong uh, man and then make make it a female. And don't do that. Actually, try to try to see a female. And, and how many actually like like different groups with like how many do you have like that are uh, female directors of the groups or how many just different instead of just guys? Uh, how, what's the difference in all the groups? Um. It's actually a pretty wide variety. We had one film this year that was directed by two 14-year-old girls. Oh, wow. Um, we also have a team that this is, I think, their third year competing, that it's all um, middle schoolers. Okay. It's a guy who uh, does this kind of as a project um, with his students. Um, then we have people that treat it as their family reunion. <laughs> they don't necessarily do video stuff any other time. It's just... Over the summer, they get together and they make a new movie together, which is pretty awesome. Um, but it is, as you said, it is kind of more male-oriented. It kind of there's kind of a typical team, you know, what you would expect, kind of the 25 to 34 guys that get together to do this. And one of the challenges that I've come across recently is how to how to really reach out to the to uh, younger folks. I mean, since you know Facebook use is declining, I. People, when they turn in their ballots where they voted for their films, there's a space to put your email account. And I have people writing, what's email? <laughs> you know, because that's like 20th century thing. Nobody, nobody does that. Here's anymore. my Instagram um, account. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's, it's a hard thing to communicate across Instagram, though. I, I'm, it's something I'm puzzling out a little bit because I'm not, I'm not sure the best way to do it going forward. I do know that there are communications that I try to get out there that people miss because they're not on our platforms and that's really I should say I'm not on their platforms I need to I need to figure that out a little bit more oh yeah that's that's a, that's a big thing I know with uh, a lot of kids are getting away from Facebook uh, what are like uh, Brian Twitter is but yeah, you're only you're, you're only allowed what how many characters so how do you do you just keep tweeting yeah, I, per, I personally have like four or five friends that are not on Facebook there was for years and years and they're like oh you know yeah face that just like yeah. MySpace they're now on Twitter and most of those are the younger crowd they're the Ooh, crowd MySpace geez. do you think they just got tired of getting Candy Crush uh, invites <laughs> and they're like I'm just going to Twitter well I think it's because lots of them well, I, they have the, they may have like an older an older cousin, older grandmother, 
whatever that's on Facebook and stuff, and they can't really go, like, I don't want my grandma to see me tell this guy to do this or that or whatever on Twitter. So they have a little bit more liberal, you know, they're a little bit more um, friend-based than it would be family-based on Facebook. Um, the one thing I did enjoy, it's the first time I've ever visited, I've ever went and watched any of the 40-hour film festival, and I went and watched that Block B at uh, the Village 8. And every single one of them, even though they had the similar things, you know, like they had to use the same prop with the, with the pizza, and they had to use the lefty or Lucy Ellsworth, I liked that all of them, none of them were like any kind of carbon copy of the other. All of them had little differences in them. And none of them was like, all of them tried to spark some kind of emotion in you. Yes. So, and that was good because I was afraid going in there. I thought, man, some of these may be really awful. And none of them was. Not one of them could I say, oh, that was just terrible. They were all interesting. <laughs> they were all something that I enjoyed sitting watching. I would definitely go watch it again. Yeah, you were lucky this year. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was weird this year because people really treated the uh, the prop and the character almost like genres. We had the prop was a slice of pizza, and the yes. character was the professional athlete. So we had three films scattered across the different groups where you had that kind of Rocky story. You know, the 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 athlete that is going to give it one more try. He's got the pregnant wife at home. Her dad's offering him a good job. And all three of those films had different endings. They all took it in a different direction, which was interesting. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then, like, what I always want to follow up with what Brian is in, in the group is, uh, I don't know if we're just getting a better group of filmmakers that are coming in, because across the board, everyone had a good story, and everyone was so much better at editing in, in their film that I was very surprised there wasn't any, you know, I hate to say that sometimes there's bad movies, but there are bad movies, but they were just, everyone was a good movie and I was happy to see that. So I don't know if people that, that don't make good movies, they don't try again or people are getting better every single year and improving on what they're doing. I have a question. Yes. I wasn't sure if I heard it right uh, or if it was just filtered through your mother, but were there only... 27 out of 100 that made it on time? No, uh, 27 out of 30. Oh, that's so much better. And, <laughs> and they had 100% sure. got turned in. So. Oh, wow, okay. That's still pretty good. It's very good. I have been I think in if the I had car driving, teams, I would cry. sweating and running into the building before. Now, Chad, what were you saying? I said, I think if I ever had to deal with 100 teams, I would probably cry. What is the biggest? <laughs> they do that in Los Angeles, though. They have over 100 teams in Los Angeles. Ooh. I don't know how they do it. What is it. the biggest amount for the coming up in 10 years that have been uh, participating in the 48? Uh, two years ago, we had 52 teams. It oh, was wow. the first year that I did it. Um, I, for some reason, scheduled the screenings four days after the drop-off, and it was... Madness. I, I don't know how it actually worked. <laughs> I don't remember how I got that done. I've, I've been, I've had the good sense to schedule an extra week now. This year was a little bit more difficult because this was the first year that we were able to screen in high def, which is something people have been asking for for years. It's just always been um, a limitation, uh, really, of the theaters in Louisville. Um, financially, the only place that makes sense for us to be is Village 8. Uh, and Village 8 just completed their digital upgrade a few months ago. This was actually the first event um, that was not a Hollywood movie that they screened on their new projectors. So it was a learning curve for everybody involved. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, but Props it, to Village 8 for that. You know, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah it's, it's awesome. They've got 4K Christie's in there now. They're, they're really nice projectors. Um, the issue is that from 
for example, from my side, just putting everything together, it quadruples your workflow. Um, because now every film, instead of being a couple hundred meg, you know, is two gig. And um, you've just got so much more data to deal with. Um, Blu-rays take longer to create than DVDs. It's, uh, it just introduces more complexity. But at the same time, um, I thought this year looked and sounded really good. So uh, moving forward, it was worth it for the stumbling blocks uh, because it's going to give us higher quality presentation overall in the future. We're talking to Chad Thomas of the 48 Hour uh, in Louisville, Kentucky. The best of screening is uh, this coming Saturday, August 16th at 7 p.m. at the Village 8. You can order tickets to check that out. Uh, now, what other awards? I mean, we have the audience awards where people, when they came for the screenings, voted on what they thought were the top three in those groups. What other major awards are at the Best of Louisville? Well, of course, the the biggest award is the Louisville's best film. That's the film that's going to go on to represent us at Filmopalooza in March. Um, the second most important award is the runner-up for best film, because if for any reason um, the best film is determined ineligible, uh, the runner-up will step up and take their place. And really, there there are legal concerns that once something wins in a city, you know, it really goes through a... a pretty rigorous process to make sure everything is cleared you know all the elements in the film they had rights to use so special effects sound effects things like that so they really they get hardcore Um, when it when you win the best of in your city that going forward you better have you better make sure that everything that you got was signed for and ready to go yeah all that legal paperwork that's in those envelopes when people turn in it's not just there for show i mean it really is they they need to make sure that you have proper ownership of it um, uh, so they can they can screen it and they can use it for promotional purposes. For they they do a, a co copyright for one year and then the rights revert back to the filmmakers after the one year. So for a year, forty eight can use it for promo stuff and the filmmakers can use it for promo stuff. And then after that year expires, all the rights just revert back to the filmmakers. Um, some of the other awards though uh, are things that you would expect things like best cinematography, best editing. Um, best directing, best acting. The acting one is kind of interesting. We don't award things to individuals. We award things to teams. So the best acting award is an ensemble award. It's uh, uh, okay. you know the sum total of everyone that was in it, which is interesting because last year I heard of a team that their actress walked out on them because they knocked her down from the lead to a supporting role, and she wanted to win best actress. And it's like, <laughs> well, that's not a thing. <laughs> Now, Chad, can you give any uh, anyone that's looking to join in on the 48 Hours some advice on what they should be preparing for or when the weekend comes, what, what things they should they be looking for? Uh, sure, yeah, I'll, I'll keep it to the, the top three. Um, the first one is don't try to do everything yourself. You have to delegate responsibility. Get people that you trust. Because everybody needs to get some sleep sometimes. And it's just reality that if you try to do everything, if you try to write it and then direct it and then cut it and then render it, you're by Sunday you're going to be spent. And right at the end, when you're crossing the finish line, you're not going to have any energy to get it done. The second thing is, um, and this isn't a hard and fast rule, but for the most part, Simple stories work. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Better. A simple story well told is going to work better than a complicated story because I think what people don't keep in mind is the judges watch the films in the theaters with everybody else. They see these films one time, really, um, unless they request to look at something again for clarification. But, but for the most part, they're going to see the film one time and they're going to make their decisions days later based on notes that they took in a dark theater. And if something doesn't make sense to them, if it's not really clear and obvious, um, it might just fall through the cracks because of that. Who so are the keeping judges? a simple story is the second thing. And then the third thing is work to your limitations. Like I said earlier, if you know you can't get good color, then make it black and white. If you know you can't shoot good live sound, then don't. Make the thing primarily a silent film with music or use stock sound effects. You know, Find some other way to cover up your limitations because everybody's going to have limitations. Um, if you don't have good actors, then write for the personalities of the people that are in it. Don't have them act. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, uh, Brian here, go ahead and ask your question. I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to catch up. I had a one question real quick, and I knew I'd forget if I didn't throw it in there. Uh, who judges these? You said the judges are the are the judges a panel, or is it two or three people? It, it is. Um, uh, it's a little difficult to find good judges in Louisville for the reason that we're such an insular community. So trying to find somebody that can that can that knows film, but is separate enough from it to where they can actually judge impartially okay. is yes. challenging. Yeah, and I also like to kind of rotate it out a little bit. So this year, for example, our judges are uh, Angela Impolizzi. She's a high school teacher with JCPS. Um, she does some work with her students with film. Um, okay. Donald Mahoney, who was a uh, Best of Louisville winner about six years ago, I think. He hasn't been, he hasn't competed in 48 in a long time, but he has competed in it multiple times. And then uh, Joseph Grove, who was uh, managing editor of, of Leo for many years and uh, uh, was their features and film uh, editor and writer for a long time. That's so so um, they got together to earlier today and wherever they got together, I don't know where it was, they've, for the most part, made their decisions, but they have requested to see a few of the films again. So right now I'm getting those uploaded to private links on YouTube, and they can, they can watch those and, and make their final decisions. Well, if you're wanting to check out the Best of Louisville for the 48 Hours, Saturday, August 16th at 7 p.m. at the Village 8. For more information, you can go to 48hourfilm.com. Uh, Louisville, or you can check them out. They have a Facebook page, which is, let me bring it up here, facebook.com slash Louisville48HFP for more information. And Chad's the one that runs that, and uh, he's been doing a hell of a job the last few years. So, Chad, thank you very much. Thank you for coming on, and uh, good luck this Saturday. 
Thank you. Thanks, you guys. This was fun. I appreciate it. Thank you. All righty. Anytime. And we say goodbye to Chad, and then, then we can move forward. Yeah, and the thing is, is with the the, the 48 hour, uh, it, it was a fun experience. We had a group that with that, so, uh, and then Brian himself had a, a good time. I think he popped more for the fact that uh, his name was in the movie. His, his, uh, this isn't a show for wrestling terminology. Name, his gimmick name was in there, so. I did actually make noise like when that came on the screen. I was like, ah, in the back row. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Look I, at me. I'm the guy yelling. <laughs> but there was actually three or four of them on there that like one of them had me laughing. There was another one on there. It was uh, supposed to be like a sci-fi type of thing. And, and in the middle of that, I was actually like thinking in my mind, the one where the guy went back in time. Yes. The, the lady. Back in time, yes. To like stop her father from creating a time travel machine. Yes. And in the middle of it, I'm like. Okay, if she does this, how's she going to get back in time? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about the movie as it goes, and it's like a four-minute movie, and it was really well done in lots of ways. I really right. enjoyed it, and, and there's you know when you get to see four or five different ones, and there was different aspects of each one. I, it was something I would definitely enjoy doing again. All right, well maybe you actually can be a part of ours next year. Yes, <laughs> it is. But it is an experience for doing it. It is time consuming. And the big, biggest thing is, is like you said, delegate, find really good people that work with and that are easy to work with. Our group this year was amazing. Everyone, everyone was sold on the idea. We didn't have any major issues and we had very talented videographers, editors, um, actors are only our only issue we had. But but when we when we came up with the idea, what we did, which uh, our own um Swade was he's a former pro wrestler we he told us a story about a fight he got in with his wife which sounded perfect for because we had drama so we knew we had a wrestling ring we knew Rudy could work a match and work the story he's working on being an actor so we felt it was uh, perfect to go in and uh, we're very happy with our film and hopefully soon we can get that up for our listeners to check it, it was out. good. He, he screened it for me last week. I thought it was very good. I very well done. I like Doc's sleazy performance. I took that <laughs> from a lot of the guys that I know in the wrestling business. You know things? You probably took things from a lot of different guys. I'm not going to Actual name human names. fucking beings. I know. And you, as I'm watching <laughs> that, I'm like, you know what, man? I know guys that are legitimately are just like you. They're just fucking scumbags. Well, that was the, the funny part. You were sitting in the back. I was sitting next to a number of other wrestlers that were coming to support our film. Yeah. And then when they saw my character come on, they started laughing. And they Smiling and I could, yes. I could see them, and they were popping at certain points when I was talking. In it, and I was like, they get it. They know who, who I'm being. They know the type of character. I called him out for it last week. You're going to ask him. I was oh, yeah. like, you're supposed to be. I'm not going to name names. No, I was no, like, you're no. supposed to be this person. He was like, "Yeah, that's exactly." Like, well, the problem. Yeah, yeah. And there's I even can like, tell it exactly by what he was wearing. Oh yeah, there was even like terminology thrown in there. Where like, like so I'll let people watch it once it gets posted. But there's certain little terminologies and little things thrown in there. And as you watch it, if you're any familiar at all with the wrestling community, it's going to put a smile on your face. Yeah. And if you are a fan or you worked in the wrestling business, you will. It luckily we. Us knowing the wrestling business, we could make a story based on. wasn't like us going, "Hey, let's do a wrestling movie," and be completely clueless on what the. And that's one of the things. And, and we'll wrap this up. Is I actually got in a, an argument while we were writing the film because one guy kept wanting to have our main character win the championship. No, and I and I turned to him and said, "Listen, if you're an actual professional wrestling, it's worth more to get a." 
contract from like a WWE or TNA than it is to winning a championship at your little indie wrestling federation that you've been going to school for with the last six to ten years. I said one is going to maybe make you fifty thousand starting at these big locations. The other one is something you have to carry around for the next couple months in your bag and go to now go to every show because you have to represent it. And he was like, no, but he should win a championship. And I actually turned to to Rudy or Suede and said, what would you rather win, a championship or a contract? He goes, a contract. And I just turned him and said, see? So, yeah, that's the thing is, is when you work the business or you're a fan of the business, you see different perspective. And that was our biggest challenge was going, this is real. This is what happens. This yes. the, He really has been in the business for 17 years. Oh, that sounds like a lot of time. But really, that's how long he's been in the business. <laughs> this guy that is your actor has been that long. Wait. Almost similar <laughs> autobiographical. Wait, wait, wait yeah. a minute. You mean, you, you mean wrestling is fake? <laughs> yes. Oh, and then... The, the, <laughs> no, and I just... And I, the last thing... Uh, <laughs> the, the person that won the audience award in our group right, uh, is friends with uh, our one of our main directors and cinematographer, and he wrote back and he was like, "Oh, nice homage to the wrestler," and she was like, ah! "That wasn't an homage to the wrestler. That's a real story with real people." So, so who won the audience award? The one that came right before us, right before yours? No, no. the The ones that won the uh, third place was the last forty eight about the woman who's getting tired of her husband and his friends making uh, forty eight. That. Okay. Uh, second was the kids with the pizza. The kid who steals the pizza. The silent one. Yes, and that'll be all I say about that one. And then the the one that won it all was the uh, the, the two guys stealing the money and the pizza guy that jumps in, which had some funny jokes in uh, yes. Joy Arena. I really liked. Uh, I've worked with him before, so. Oh yeah, I think that the guy killed that. The guy who played the old man and delivered oh, the yeah. pizza in the back, he killed that, and I can totally see why that kind of stole the stole the show. The people were laughing throughout the whole thing. The silent one, um, um, our own Matthew, he loved that. Yeah, one. he did. He loved that one, and and I'm not gonna shit on everything else, but at the same time, there was parts of that where I felt like they were kind of like Mick Foley's cheap pops. You yes. know where he says right here in Louisville, they made sure they showed the 64 bridge. Oh, yeah. You know, and part of that is what I think helped them garner that. I yes. don't think it was, you know, but that's that's okay. Whatever you got to do to win, man. That's oh, true. And bring as many people for the audience award to help you uh, with your tickets. But it's always a good experience if you want to learn filmmaking and want to grow. 48 Hours is a great thing to do, and you should be checking it out. So all you got to do is go to 48 Hour dot com uh, for the festival i think that hold on if i'm correct uh 48 hourfilmcom to check it out all right so we do have some movie news i know we're running heavy quickly frozen director jennifer lee is looking to adapt a wrinkle in time for disney a wrinkle in time as i tell you is one of the only books i remember from reading rainbow to to hmm. when he would draw they would draw and stuff like that that was like i, I don't know why that was the only one that really stood out in my See, mind i don't remember that at all uh oscar winning heard the title but I can't think of anything it could be. Oscar-winning uh, director uh, uh, Jennifer Lee, uh, who did Frozen and Wreck-It Ralph, two very good movies, uh, is set to pin yeah. the film adaptation of the 1962 young adult sci-fi book, A Wrinkle in Time for Disney. Oh, I do think I remember the book now. Well, I think we read it when I was in like middle school. Is that the one where it is a? Does it have time travel in it? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so that yeah. should be pretty cool. Uh, also, Pride and Prejudice and Zombie Film is moving forward. The movie that was actually supposed to have um, Natalie Portman in the lead 
is uh, back on again, uh, the film adaptation of the Seth Graham Smith book. Uh, he was the one who wrote... Uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Which Hunter. is actually a, a fun book to the read. The book is really the good. The movie's bad. <laughs> See, I argued with my friend Eric McDonough, Dropkick. I argued with him over this movie because I watched it when it came out on um, in demand. I didn't go to the movie theaters and watch it. And I enjoyed it for what it was because it was hokey horse shit. But they got a vampire on a horse chasing Abe Lincoln who's fighting him with an axe. That <laughs> yep. was fucking awesome to me. And he's like, this movie, I paid money to go to the movie theaters and I wanted to kill somebody. It was dreadful. And, I, and, and, and in actuality it was, but it's one of those movies where it's so bad that it was good to me. That I liked it, I enjoyed it. And so we got in this massive like argument via text and that guy didn't talk to me for oh, wow. like a week <laughs> because he was like, fuck you and fuck Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. But I enjoyed the book a lot because of the historical references in there. It had quite a bit of like on the money historical references. Well, yeah, that's where they took they took a lot of the things that happened in Abraham Lincoln's life, and then said, "What happens if they were all related to vampires?" The book is very good if you ever get the chance to read it. The movie is not that great. Uh, the the actors that have signed on: Lillian James, who was in Wrath of the Titans; Sam Riley, who was Maleficent; and uh, Bella Heathcott, who was Dark Shadow. She was the one that uh, fell in love with uh, the uh, the main character. Um, What's his name? Johnny, I didn't Johnny see Depp's. Dark Shadows. Yeah, it's <sighs> you didn't miss much. So uh, Dark Shadows was a typical. It, it's it's that Tim Burton. Tim Burton does well when he creates something, but when he's needing when some, he adapts, when he adapts, bad. it doesn't go well. Planet and, of and, the Apes. Yes, anybody in <laughs> Dark Shadows, he couldn't tell if he wanted to be funny or if he wanted to be a scary dark movie. He, I guess, he was trying to do a dark comedy, and it just didn't work. No. All right, and last, like we said, Venom movie is now called Venom Carnage. Now, they're not saying if uh, Carnage is going to be in the movie, but with that title, uh, kind of tells me it could be. The follow-up will be called Craven the Vulture. See, now, I wonder oh, if, if, they're, come on, if they're going to do a Carnage, well, Venom Carnage, that's kind of quick to... You're having to explain two characters now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, you know, they speeded up things already with... I mean, I wasn't a real big fan of The Amazing Spider-Man 2 of the Green Goblin port- uh, portrayal of Harry Osborn. Right. New oh, God. And Chris Cooper was dead in 10 minutes. Oh, Spoiler. Yeah. yeah. That pissed me off more than anything about that movie, because yeah. I was really looking forward to see how he He's still coming Osborn. back, though. Yeah, and I did not want to see, and I liked that kid in Chronicle. I really did. I thought he did good, and I thought, well, man, he's going to do good. But it just wasn't my thing in, in, in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. But I think that they can induce characters fairly quickly as long as it's done right. You know, uh, I'm kind of, like you earlier today, what was your comment about Sony? <laughs> <laughs> do, I have, do I have enough time to say this? Sure. God, I just, want, I just want that. Okay. I, I've had this discussion a few times this week. When it comes to licensing, what Sony is doing just seems very... I understand what they're doing, but and I wouldn't necessarily mind it if the movies were at least somewhat gripping or enticing or good, even. It's not okay. that the Spider-Man movies are bad. It's just that I feel they're ultimately going to be very forgettable. Yes. It's, the, it's more or less the opposite of what Fox is doing with the X-Men, because despite the fact that some of those have been bad, like the Wolverine movies, first one was horrible, second one was mediocre, the X-Men movies as a whole have been very, very good, especially, oh, yeah. especially First Class and Days of Future Past were just amazing. So oh. I'm like, okay, if they can continue doing things like this with this franchise, and that's fine, whereas Sony... They just don't. They're just. It just seems like they're pushing the movies out just to keep the name. Okay, I'm they're gonna, just. It's like they're keep the franchise. Being, yeah, everything's being done for copyright. I right. kind of relate and this it's to. Awful. 
and this is going to sound really far-fetched, but bear with me for a second. Whenever you're – I've been an MMA UFC fan for a long time, and there mm-hmm. can be the baddest man on the planet, but if you see a young, up-and-coming, good-looking fucking kid getting ready to challenge for that title – Nine times out of ten, that kid's not going to get his ass stomped. He's going to win that belt. Mm-hmm. And and people are like, oh, that's horseshit. How can you say that whatever? It happens time and time again. Oh, yeah, it's nothing and, new. And so I'm honestly believing that it's the same kind of thing when it comes to the Sony thing, when it comes to Andrew Garfield walking around with his mask off. Now, I recently saw the Tom Cruise movie. I think it's Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, yeah, great. which I heard was really good. Oh, that's really good. And the special effects in there yeah. with the robots and stuff was fantastic. If you're applying that type of special effects to a Venom Carnage movie, we're talking about shit that's next level. And I think it's going to be more CGI related. It's going to be, you just have to make sure that the characters are developed nicely. Cletus Cassidy. He's not a nice guy in any way, shape, or form. He's a fucking demented serial killer. Yes. I had I had that exact same discussion with someone this week as well. We were discussing the Maximum Carnage storyline, as I brought up earlier. Um, that I was telling him, he's like, you know, the thing about Venom, even though he and Eddie Brock and Cletus Cassie technically have the same symbiote or a spawn of the symbiote, whatever you want to call it, yeah. Eddie Brock, prior to acquiring the symbiote, wasn't necessarily a bad person. He was kind of a dick. And he was kind of selfish, but he's not necessarily one of those guys who's always out for himself. He kind of tries to do right. Right. Uh, And my friend I was discussing with made, not only did he make perfect sense out of it, but he quoted Wreck-It Ralph, so he got 10,000 bonus points from me. He's like, so he's bad guy, but not necessarily bad guy? (laughs) I thought that was hysterical. (laughs) And then I was just like, whereas on the opposite of the coin, Cletus Cassidy is a serial killer. The man has problems. He is a straight-up villain. He kills people because it finds it fun. He's Joker. He is the Joker in Marvel. Yes, Yes. Except yes. he has superpowers. Well, you, you got to think. He's a problem. You're taking a serial killer with a Simeonite that already wants to destroy and kill. Yeah, you've got a... It was a perfect match. Yes. Right from yes. day one. When they brought Cletus Cassidy into the comics, what people don't understand is that when he one of the very first story arcs they ran, and I remember this because Mark Bagley drew this comic, and I'm a big fan of Mark Bagley. He mm. has had epic runs on Ultimate Spider-Man. I know lots of people don't like him, but he has kind of a, he has a comic feel to him. They had an issue where Cletus Cassidy, I want to say it's Amazing Spider-Man 430 and 431, but don't quote me. And Cletus Cassidy actually takes over the Silver Surfer. Do you remember that? I remember hearing about Cosmic Sur- oh, uh, Carnage Surfer, yeah. Oh, it was fucking awesome. <laughs> because Norrin Rad is, is is trying to fight the inner turmoil of Cletus Cassidy. And Cletus Cassidy's that like, dude's basically, got problems anyway. Yeah, like, he's Norrin basically Rad is trying like, to destroy his mind. He's got some tragic dead. history. Yeah, so right. it was so good. And that if you can bring an ounce of that kind of shit to the screen, then I'm happy. You know? Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be good stuff. <laughs> you guys right on. Just... <laughs> hey, we talk, we talk, man. <laughs> no, I know. It's just the way you, when you guys stop, you stop. Well, I just want to point out that Alex Kurtzman will be uh, attached to direct and write the script alongside Ed Solomon. Uh, Alex Kurtzman did Star Trek The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Vintage Carnage is reportedly set to come out in 2007. Coming up next, maybe good news, Resident Evil may be coming to TV. Well, a prequel from the movie, so... As long as Milana Jonovich is not in her husband, I think it may be good. All right, more of this when we return on The Rockin' Nerds. Wait, the only thing worse than these Hot Topic shirts that they sell is what Shredder looked like in the new trailer. Where do you get your cool t-shirts? First, ugh. 
Second, I'll tell you where I get my cool shirts. I get them from RippedApparel.com. RippedApparel.com? What's that? RippedApparel.com is a, shirt, uh, a company that has all your coolest T-shirts that, that display all your passions and geekery. Oh, really? Really. So how much are the T-shirts? T-shirts only go for 10 bucks a pop. Now, that's stupid cheap. Shipping's got to be crazy. Cheap. Actually, shipping's only two ninety eight. Two ninety eight. So that means only thirteen dollars for a t shirt. Yeah, and they ship in two business days. There's no way they ship. That's better than like an Amazon deal. Way. So cool. Do they sell anything else there? Yeah, they do. They also uh, sell hoodies, baby onesies, toddler sized tees, art prints, posters, iPhone cases. iPhone cases. iPhone cases. But I have an Android, so well, maybe maybe another day, huh? Fucking cram it in there. <laughs> I don't know if it's gonna work. All right, so what do I need to do to buy a T-shirt for Mipped Apparel? What you should do is go to frackingnerds.com. Our website. Our website. Okay, I'm going to do that. Okay, and then you're going to see a Ripped Apparel banner on the t- in the front page. Go oh, ahead I see that. that. Okay, yeah. this one's got the newest shirt there. Yes. All right, cool. And I just click on this link? Yes, but I already have the shirt, so don't buy that one. Okay. Wait till tomorrow. Well, I can't look like you? <sighs> I mean, it's going to take a lot of work, but, you know. <laughs> i got to work out a little bit. <laughs> All right, so click on the link, and then it helps us and helps them. Yes, everyone wins. And get a T-shirt. Especially us. $10 T-shirt within two days. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Wade. You're welcome, Doc. In a land of pop cultures in the time of computers, wars have been fought. From playgrounds to comic book shops to online forums, bloody battles have raged on to decide who here knows all. And one podcast has thrown the gauntlet down to challenge them all. So put your flame shield up and enter the Nerds of the Roundtable. Nerds of the Roundtable is a discussion of all things nerd and geek. Check out each show on Spreaker.com. If you'd like to join the discussion, follow us at Fracking Nerds on Twitter, and we will announce the next live taping. Welcome back to the Fracking Nerds. Hey, if you haven't heard, we did a new Nerds of the Roundtable yesterday. We did it live. Uh, so, But you can check out our two-parter. One of the main things we learned is if you're doing a live production from Spreaker and you try to chat roulette, it crashes the system. <laughs> so we just wanted to see how many <laughs> penises, awesome. penises we could see on uh, chat roulette. Was but, that uh, one of the questions? Like, how many dicks do you think you could pull by, <laughs> by alerting yourself on chat roulette? So, uh, yeah, it, uh, oh, it just, no, it shut down. So it is a two-parter, but it was good. That's awesome. Oh, this one kid was a huge, uh, we, we somehow got on a discussion about, uh, Saved by the Bell. Oh, sick! I would have been all over that. He was like his eyes lit up because I was. He was. I think he was worried about what he could really talk about. Eyes lit up, start talking, and then it spun on to Boy Meets World, and then he said he's still following Girl Meets World and everything else. All this '90s crap, <laughs> and I'm not here. Wow, that's amazing. You're always invited to show I up. No, invited. I know you had a wrestling, which is actually now more work for you now. Yeah. So it's understandable. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> We'll be talking about that next Sunday. Yes, that's right. <laughs> back Row Hecklers will be back next Sunday. It'll be live 5 p.m. Uh, do we have a guest set for that yet? 
Tentatively? Tentatively, we have quite a few, actually. There's like four names in the hat, so we're going we're gonna to roll the dice and see. And I know uh, coming up in September, we're going to have a former WWE tag champion going to be on. And uh, a uh, champion from Ohio Valley Wrestling will be on in the uh, September shows. So a lot of big names are coming, and they're going to be growing and growing every show. I understand when you listen to Back Row Hecklers, if you're a wrestling fan, we're not just interviewing the top talent. We're also interviewing interviewing new up-and-coming indie talent we're interviewing the uh guys who have been announcers for 30 years and what the experience they've got uh, managers and just it is a place if you like wrestling and you want to learn about the stories and behind the things and then the games that i come up with are just legendary now so it is a fun show even if you're not a big wrestling fan just like this show um Everyone has personalities, and we just—it's just a fun little show to listen to. So, if you are even a little bit of wrestling fan, you will enjoy Back Row Hecklers, which will be live next Sunday at five p.m. And That's if you're a-, a fan of Doc, even if you're a fan of Doc, because we do bring him out of his shell and hear stories that you're not going to hear on Fracking Nerds, because we drag some wrestling stories that have been in there that he has like sworn to secrecy. I never swore to anything. <laughs> nope. You tell me a story, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm ratting your shit out. <laughs> I worked in the business for 12 years with WWE, TNA, and ROH, so exactly. I I sat around to a lot of, there are a lot of Paul Heyman stories that I've got just sitting in my pocket ready to pull those out, so I'm, I'm excited. Lots of people don't understand that. When they listen to the show, they don't understand exactly who is doing the show, so that's one thing we like to try to get across. That's why I want to be in on that. One of my favorite things to just read is, like, I have a lot of the, the nonfiction stuff from wrestlers. Not the China book. Please, God, no one go there. <laughs> or the porn. But, like, I just love reading, like, I just love hearing, like, the stories. Like, I remember, like, all of Foley's books are obviously very, very good for that. Edge's book was insane for that. Uh, just random road stories, stuff like that. I'm just like, man, these are so funny. One of the, They're so awesome. One of the funniest stories, uh, it just personally, my buddy Brandon, who was Ranger Milton, um, you know Brandon. Yeah, I know Brandon. Uh, so he was Ranger Milton in Ohio Valley Wrestling when Paul Heyman was down with us, and Annoyed the hell out of Paul Heyman because he would sing this uh, Ranger Melted. <laughs> he had like a song and he would do this. And Heyman told him, he's like, listen, kid, if you want to do something in the business, it doesn't matter. The only way to get in the business, you can be a cameraman or you can, you know, clean this a bit, but it'll get you there where you need to. So Brandon's like, fuck it, I'm going to do whatever I need to, which meant he started annoying Heyman. And, uh, <laughs> Got attention. So, you know, Heyman finally went back up into the WWE and they had shot the uh, Crime Time promo. And in in it, Brandon was the one who took the boot from uh, Shad Gaspar. I remember that. And that so when clip. they show it, and apparently Heyman's in the back going, "Is that fucking Ranger Milton?" <laughs> ah, that's awesome. So yeah, he uh, he uh, I think uh, Ranger Milton uh, stood out in Paul Heyman's <laughs> mind. So all right, proposed Resident Evil TV prequel series could be the next thing coming up. Bloody mm. disgusting reports that a prequel series entitled. Arclay is in development centering on the mansion and a series of mysterious deaths in nearby Raccoon City. Hmm. It features a new character called James Reinhardt, but there's reason you may have not seen him in the game. He's infected with the T-Virus, and he has to learn where it came from to save his own life in addition to solving cases. Oh, sick. I actually probably might be on board now. And at a certain point, James is going to sit down and play piano, because why not when there's zombies walking around? Hey, man, you never played Resident <laughs> Evil 1, did you? Yes, I did. I was say, Moonlight Sonata was a big, big part of that. You had to play it to open a passage. It's kind of a big deal. I would actually... I'm glad Jill knows how to play that song. 
I would actually think I'd be on board for this. I mean, if The Walking Dead can have a TV following if it's well written, why can't something like Resident Evil? That's yeah. true. Well, you got iZombie coming out for the CW, mm-hmm. which I'm actually excited about uh, because, uh, well, no, the guys, the Rob Thomas who did Veronica Mars is the one behind that. And if you have you seen Veronica Mars? Yeah, some of it. Did you not like it? Encyclopedia Browns have told me she's a chick. Okay. I mean, poor no Brian. Offense. Poor Brian. I'm I, offended now. No offense. You <laughs> shut up. I'm not. I'm not shitting on Veronica Mars. I did enjoy some of it. It's just not for me. It's not my type of thing. I never was a Buffy and Angel guy. What? Yes. Okay. And I love. Hmm. Jo- I love Joss Whedon, and I like some of that. But you don't like your powerful women, do you? No, it has absolutely nothing to do with that. I actually love my- <laughs> his wife is going to beat him down when he gets you home. You have no <laughs> idea how powerful my wife is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Don't. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm serious. Like I would, I, this actually seems really, really cool. And the way they're working prequels onto television, they're actually, for the most part, I think are actually coming off really well. Like Hannibal is supposedly like amazing. I haven't watched it yet. And, but I'm really uh, meaning Fargo to. was really good. Was oh. Fargo a prequel or was it actually like a sequel? It's a kind of well, it's a sequel, mm-hmm. but things that affected the the first movie, the movie, have a small play. But it's really it's about a murders that occurred. In this town, and they're going to be making a second one, which won't be related to the first Fargo show, but it's going to be set in a different time and a different murder and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And the thing that's an uh, that, that was based on actual nope. events. Nope. No. no, no, that was kind of a joke the Conan brothers made. Was they said it okay. was, and so when they made the TV series, they continued the joke. So no, there was no real. I murders. was getting ready to say because yeah. some of that shit. But I'll tell you what, the dude from the Hobbit. Everybody talks about how Billy Bob Thornton killed that. That dude from the Hobbit, man. Martin Freeman. Fuck, fuck the Hobbit. Oh, dude, Martin Freeman's amazing. Have you he, watched Sherlock? He is so I good as Holmes. I haven't watched Sherlock. Oh, he's so good. He was even good on like the British version of The Office, where he played uh, the counterpart to Jim, he whose name I forget. Killed. That was Jim or something like that. Yes. They had different names. Oh, yeah. No, British that's version. where that's my first experience with Martin Freeman was on The Office, and he was uh, so good. He was yeah, he was really great. Good on Fargo. I think that that first episode of Fargo where he's um, getting bullied. Oh my God! His well, first of all, his dialect that he yes. pulled was amazing. Oh yeah. I was like, how is this British actor pulling this Minnesota accent that he did? <laughs> and he was good. My only my only thing about Fargo that I did not like was that a little bit of I wanted a little bit more character development on some of the characters like the the deaf hitman. Oh yes. He was one of my favorite characters oh, yeah. because he was fantastic, but you didn't really get you got a little piece in there, but it's one of those things where, like, episode six, you're finding out about some shit that happened in episode two. Oh, yes. You know? So you actually have to sit and watch the whole thing of Fargo to understand it, but FX is putting on some good shit, man. Yeah. I I was excited about, um, with FX, the strain, but I think the strain's taking a long time to... Did you read all the books? I read the first book, and I was in the middle of the second book. I enjoyed the first book, and I know this is kind of following it, but I think people are wanting that they're ready for the vampire. They're, they're yeah. wanting to see it and stuff, and I know... And I also know, like, kind of the what they're building towards because they're not really saying like there's more to these vampires and then just oh. the guy showing up and, and stuff. they're taking a lot of they're taking a lot of things straight out of the page oh yes and bringing it straight onto the screen yep. and i have a lot of respect for that because lots of times it's really hard to do and for the, especially in a novel when you get into graphic novels or comics i think sometimes it's harder because you already have that visual image in your head but if you take a book to bring the actual it's easy to bring the words but to bring that mind that you have in your head and bring it right to the screen sometimes it's difficult i have uh, I, me personally I haven't watched 
I'm not completely caught up yet on the strain, but the first couple episodes that I did watch, I think that they were pretty true to the book in lots of aspects yeah. of it. It was a little stray here and there, but the characters are pretty much a lot the same, and the things that I liked about the book are the same things I'm liking about the TV show. Yep. Now, I got to say, with AMC being like one of the top uh, basic cable channels, FX is right there. Especially oh, the new shows. Yeah. Like, have you seen You're the Worst? Oh, That's and such... have you seen Married? Yeah, Married's is very good, Both too. Both of those are very... If you, they're, they're like top of the food chain sitcoms. They remind me... Louis C.K. Another oh, yes. fan. Louis. Yes. I'm just, I think he's just Louis. And, the, and, the, and Louis is also... If you watch Louis and you still want to be a comedian, there's something wrong with you because it <laughs> is... <laughs> it, it is a war. No, but he's. It's a warning. It's yeah. like this really is what. And you know, Lizzie there, she's dated and hung out with a lot of comedians, and okay. she's like, that is really. They're all. They're all screwed up. They're all depressed. They're all just a mess, and yeah. th their life is not fun. When he talked about the Bang Bang, the episode with the Bang Bang, yes, his buddy and him go and eat this full fucking oh, yeah. meal, and then leave and go eat another full fucking meal. I'm like. Dude, we didn't call it that, but I have physically <laughs> done that before with my buddy after we left our telemarketing job and we were in our 20s. Oh, my not Lord. Not 30s and 40s. We did the exact same thing. Of course, we were, there was other things involved, but we did okay. pretty much the exact same thing. And when I saw that, I was like, this is fucking fantastic. I've loved every season of Louie. There's others, too. I've always heard good things about Wolford, even though I checked it out myself. My personal favorite right now on FX is probably going to be the league. And I hate fantasy football. Uh, my a lot. Our, but our show is Archer's fucking really crazy. Good. Archer's awesome, too. Won't hate on Archer. I used to love It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, but it's kind of got to the point where it's like... No, no, no. The, uh, no, well, no. The, the last season and going forward have actually been really... I kind of got burned out, I think, by season four and five. But Season they, six is when I clocked out. They so. started re-ramping. I think season seven, they started re-ramping it back up and... Going in mm -hmm. a much they, Maybe they allowed Charlie and Frank to go crazy again, which yeah. is one of the. I might parts. go back and check it out then. But anyway, back to Resident Evil. Sorry, because <laughs> we forgot we were talking I'm about sorry. that. Sorry, we yeah. still got on the FX. No, it's fine. Uh, the only thing I want to comment on was, I mean, it hasn't. I was speaking about other prequels that are making their way to the screen. One that has yet to start and will soon, and a lot of people are obviously anticipating is Gotham. Oh yes. So if they, that, which brings you to what's going to be important to maintain that license, like Resident Evil. For the people that are already fans that will be checking this out, inevitably, myself included, you're going to have to have some kind of name value. I mean, with Gotham, I mean, obviously you have Gordon, and that's a pretty big deal, but you don't want to fight just people that no or dealing with people that nobody really knows of. Like, even like low level people like Deadshot or whatever, or Zaz. Yeah. You want big names, and they're already using, utilizing, like, you know, the Penguin, which is a yes. great start, I think. Um, Catwoman. I'm pretty sure she's Catwoman, a yeah, yeah, yeah. Catwoman, who's more or less like a teenager yes. in this but aspect. But you're going to have to. I think um, that they'll eventually, maybe second or third season, but you're going to have to throw the Joker in there. Well, Sorry, what they're going to Well, what they're doing is, is they're teasing it where you don't know who's going to become the Joker. That's what it should be. But they're, but they're like, this guy, you're looking and going, this guy could become the Joker. Or this the, guy, they said they're going to have multiple people that looks rumor, like they could. I'm very the, excited for Gotham. The rumor I've heard is that every episode is going to have some kind of hint or teaser as to someone who could be the Joker. They're never going to reveal it probably until right. like very, very end. But when it comes to, when it comes to a franchise like Resident Evil, I'm trying to even comprehend who could they could use for like a prequel scenario that people would be able to recognize. The only thing that people can think of are former Umbrella employees like obviously Wesker is probably like the biggest name William Birkin uh, Marcus I forget his first name Doctor Doctor Marcus um, there's others but like the actual characters I mean how can they be utilized they're not even on the radar yet but so. once again it, like what what I think they need to start doing is don't do sequels to things put these 
put the ca- new characters in the world that they live in. Yes. Like what Resident, or like uh, The Walking Dead are going to do. They're, they're all going to be, these new characters are going to be in a different world, in the same world, but dealing with it. Because sometimes when you do a sequel and you're trying to build off the, like, like we said with, um, shit, if it would have been written better, uh, uh, Zombieland. Sure. If they would have just gone with new characters. That was my suggestion. Yeah. Go it, to the other side of the country and have a new group. It would have been... You know, because then you can start slowly identifying compared to like, no, they they, they don't feel right. They, and then they, if it's not bad, then it's not tarnished. Yes. And now the original four characters, you know, Tallahassee, Wichita, Little Rock, and, exactly. Uh, Columbus are all just like, I mean, they've been shit on completely from a creative standpoint, and it's sad. So they're doing a Zombieland movie. sequel? No. no. Oh. oh, no, no. They were doing a TV series. It was which, for Amazon exclusively. Yeah, it okay. was not and good. Pilot, Zombieland initially was supposed to be a TV series. The, same as The Strain. Yeah. But the pilot was horrible. I see. I yeah. didn't see the pilot. I didn't know. No you didn't stuff. miss anything. It's not I good. I actually like Zombieland, the movie. I thought oh, it was excellent. Oh, the Zombieland movie yeah. was amazing. I loved it. I like the fact that it has that. It's that... I don't really know what the heck you're going to call it. Maybe like the horror comedy type of thing yes. going yeah. to it. Yeah. But as long as it's ha- not... Har- Harmony, as I think we were trying to call it last, last week. Last week, I heard yeah. you talking about it. But I, I, I wouldn't want it to be... When you get too over-the-top campy bullshit with mm. it, you know, then you're almost going into like the trauma type yeah. of shit. That shit's Ooh. not for me. That's not... Toxic Avenger, fuck that shit. I mean, oh, I know yeah, it's yeah. cult favorite and people no. love it. No. But, but I, it has to be... Like believable horror and then have its comedy things. That's what I think. I mean, going back, I hate to segue again, but back to Guardians of the Galaxy. That's the comedy aspect is what helped make that movie what it was. And Lloyd Kaufman Jr. was actually in that movie. Oh, well, I mean, of course, like <laughs> yeah. do you know who that is, right? Trauma. Yes. Yeah, trauma. <laughs> we, can, we can even go back before Zombieland and say Shaun of the Dead. That to oh, me yeah. might have just been the perfect blend. Like, oh, yeah, it was probably so. it was arguably better than Zombieland. And which one you prefer is going to depend on like what entertains you more. I guess I was personally more entertained by Zombieland, but I feel Shaun of the Dead was the better movie. Yes, for I, sure. I liked that World's End. I thought it, I watched oh, it yeah. with my son. Oh, World's I, End is so great. I thought it <laughs> don't talk to young Matthew about it. He didn't get it. Didn't think it was funny. Oh yeah, I remember that discussion we <laughs> but had. You know what? That it's was, not for that was a weird it is. I'm not gonna hate and shit on that guy because he doesn't like it. Because there's lots of things that people love. Like you were talking about Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. My wife loves the movies. Mm-hmm. When I was uh, maybe early 20s, I I had a friend who played the game. I was no good at it. Right. But I would sit and watch his ass play Resident Evil on PlayStation One for like an hour, hoping cheering him on and shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't even play, and he was playing. I kind of wonder. I with, have a friend that does that. With yeah. he's watched me play it just because it's like it comes off very. It's cinematic. like a movie. Yeah. yeah, it's very, very well done. I kind of wonder with uh, young Matthew, um, where he liked Hot Fuzz and and he liked Shaun of the Dead, but didn't get At the World's End, is because At the World's End is kind of like guys in their forties, where you and I, Brian, can identify with that. I'm the same age as Matthew, and I fucking love. Well, Matthew. I know, what but do you want I, me to say, I th- well, but I, you watch probably three times the movies. Yeah, that, I, I, that, I, think, that might be. True. I think you're a little different. Yes. So maybe he doesn't get you're saying I'm old. Uh, no, no. <laughs> I, I think you watch. You that watch old soul. Uh, well, young Matthew didn't get Time Bandits for God's sake. So. Mm. So that that definitely dropped him in my book. Uh, what could be bad though? Nickelodeon's ordering School of Rock TV series. Uh, Nickelodeon and Disney, which always seem to have great writing when it comes to their live action, is going to be taking the uh, adaptation of the movie. Nickelodeon does, or is that oh, sarcasm? No, it's sarcasm. Okay, I wasn't sure because I mean, like, I don't, <laughs> I don't watch iCarly or oh. Drake and Josh. So. Oh no, no, there's oh. <laughs> My ten-year-old son loved <laughs> iCarly, and I couldn't figure out at first why he was. Then you see it. the two main characters. <laughs> then I see like, that little girl, and I'm like, "Which one of them?" Which she, which, which she was in School of Rock too. It was pretty cute. All right. I've actually never seen the School of Rock movie. I heard it's like for what it is, it's like it's decent, like it's watchable. It's a fun little movie. But um I mean it can't I mean okay, I guess I can't say it could it can't be that bad, but we just talked about Zombieland and 
look what that happened. The there. TV show will focus on so, Dewey Finn, who was portrayed by Jack Black in the film, uh, where he slyly substitutes as a prestigious private school and teaches his students to loosen up and love rock and roll. They have Nickelodeon has ordered a 13-episode straight-to-series adaptation of School of Rock. What I don't understand is how can you really adapt something like that into a TV series? I mean, I guess we'll find out. I mean, are you going to do each episode about a Beatles song or something? You know? <laughs> well, no, it'll just be like you know the cool teacher that shows up and starts teaching these uh, you know uptight kids to uh, well, have fun. It. I get that. And dealing Fuck that. If it's not, but Jack Black's not going to be the guy doing it. They're going to get some slub who's either a going to act like Jack Black, or he's going to fucking do the opposite and try to make it into something it's not. You right. Know? Which so may be good, kind of, but not to shit on point. it. But that's the kind of problem I have with something like that. I mean, it could turn out okay, but I just don't like. Sometimes that irritates. Me. Well, also with Jack Black, you know he not has the you. the musical talent to do. You could see Jack Black doing that. Yeah, is, same is, with someone like Jason Segel. They could easily pull something. Yes, like that he off. pulled that off. Yes. All right, Douglas Adams' Dirk Gently is series is heading to the U.S. TV and comic stores. Best known as the other Yay. books written by the Hitchhiker's Guide author, uh, the Dirk Gently Holistic Detective Agency and its sequel, The Long Dark Tea: Time of the Soul, have been optioned for an American comic book series and TV adaptation. That's a heavy load. They've hired, we all know Hitchhiker's Guide brought for America was not very good, so we'll see about that. I thought it was good. They've hired Chronicle's Max Landis to write the TV pilot and executive produce. I liked Chronicle. I know a lot of people didn't. I still I need to watch it. Maybe I'll watch it tonight. I liked it a lot. I know a lot of people didn't because it's filmed with different kind of uh, cameras. Like some of it's camera phones. Well, that's the whole thing is that it's it's all. Uh, that's the stick. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah, but it had the special effects in there and the actual story it tells. It does have a few kind of really shitty potholes in in the storyline, but overall, when I got potholes done with it, or potholes, both. Hmm. <laughs> no potholes, not plot holes. Potholes, like you go from one point to the other and be like, okay. Why the fuck are we listening to this guy talk to this girl when I want to see the fucking main bad guy right now? That's a pothole, not a plot hole. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Randy Queen, the creator of Dark Child, is getting pissed at anyone that doesn't like his comic, and he's making them take down any kind of negative write-ups that they do. All this and more when we return on The Frackin' Nerds. <laughs> Attention nerds everywhere, this is L Rock. Along with Rob Longo from Frackin' Nerds. We want all of our fans interacting with us live on the show, and the best way to do that is to hit us up on Facebook. Navigate to Facebook.com slash Frackin' Nerds. Like us, and let us know what you think about the topics on the show. We bat around everything important to the modern day nerd, including comics, movies, video games, and so much more. Fanboy arguments are always welcome to anyone, so get involved. Tune in to Frackin' Nerds, and find out for yourselves why we don't have girlfriends. Hey, wait a minute. Did you hook up with someone else? No. All right, then. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a big fan of the show. I bet you wondered, hey, what do those nerds think about the nerdiest things that are going on during the week? Well, then visit our website, frackinnerds.com. Frackinnerds.com is a daily website featuring cool video, geek stuff to buy, and weekly TV and movie reviews. You can also follow us on Twitter at FrackinNerds or Facebook.com slash FrackinNerds to get the daily updates and when our podcast goes live. So remember, that website again is FrackinNerds.com.
famous video game queen You look so good on my screen Anytime, place, any game You know you can play with me She kinda scares me like doom But I still wanna raid her tomb She's going to the con with AK Bond Looking hot in her costume She actually finished Contra But she code is her mantra Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right Be a select star, yeah And while she plays a Torin Lord of the Rings Alright, we welcome back to the Fracking Nerds Wanna get in touch with us? Multiple ways that you can. You can either join us at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash nerds. You can hit us up on Twitter if that's what you love to do. I know the young kids, as we said earlier, love the Twitter. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at nerds. Then you can go to our website, frackingnerds.com. You can even call and leave a message. Let me see if I can pull up the number for that. Actually, I don't have it. Go to our website, frackingnerds.com, and you can find our number. Call us and give us either your opinion on the show, a question you may have for our nerds, and we will be up at Gen Con this coming weekend up in Indianapolis to check out all the cool games. We already got our first interview with Drunk with Drinking Quest Jason Anarchy, so that Man. should be fun. Yeah. And you know the funny thing with uh, Drinking Quest? Uh, Amanda, who was here yesterday, because I haven't got my copy yet, which I'm definitely going to get a copy, which will be nice because then I can get Jason to sign it. Uh, she's like, oh, yeah, I have that game. And I was like, why didn't you bring that? We can sit there and play D&D and drink and everything. So now I'm just hoping no one there says Biggie Smalls' name three times. Oh, don't, get mad. don't even get me started. <laughs> All right, uh, as we said, Randy Queen is targeting criticism of his comics with takedown notices. Dick, yeah, uh, the creator of Dick. Dark Child, which hasn't been out in probably 12, 15 years. It uh, sucked when it was out. It he was needs to get on chat roulette so he can see more. Dick, <laughs> it was like one of the like. Uh, well, I mean, it did do well. It was one of images like medium comics i would say not one of the top sellers but definitely so well because it had a hot chick on the cover um so uh because of the way the character is written and shown and drawn uh etcher girl on her tumblr examined the extremes in comic book art regarding the portrayal of women and so and by the way by mocking them by the way they were doing it so naturally randy queen was primed for the ribbing and so here's what she put down. Dick. She said, yesterday I found out Ra- that Randy Queen filed a bunch of DMCA takedown notices to Tumblr to remove posts of his cover of his blog. The entire post, not just the images. He also got messages from other users that he had their stuff removed too. Uh, non-critical Tumblr posts of his art covers and those praising his work appeared to be unaffected. Okay. Titties and ass cells. We all understand that. If you're a great artist, and there's lots of artists who have made their name drawing fantastic titties and ass in comics. Yep. Um, Grimm's Fairy Tales, that, by Xenoscope Comics, they, they actually sell a lot of comic books. And the storylines in these are god-awful, but just about every page has a hot chick either half-naked or mostly naked or whatever. And they're spinning off, the, just to go off, they're actually spinning off the librarian into a movie. Yes, yes. And they're having a lot of success with that, and I am not shitting on that by no means. But this kind of falls into that genre. The problem I have with this, me personally, not the fracking nerds, but me, Brian V, is the fact that in the 1980s we had guys who were fantastic artists that was drawing every muscle-bound goof with 40 (laughs) fucking pouches and 10 guns, and then every woman had triple F breasts. Was his name Rob? Lyfield. (laughs) And then uh, Jim Lee, too. Jim Lee tried to write and draw a book. I think it was called Chapel. I could be wrong. 
the book totally sucked. The art was fantastic, but the book sucked. It had nine words per page. It's 2014, folks. Okay, and the, and the game has changed when it comes to comic books. If you do not, a writer's name on that comic book will sell that comic book ten times faster than an artist's name. And now I know you're saying, oh, well, you're shitting on artists, Brian. No, I'm not. I really am not. Because art is very, very, very subjective to where writing kind of is, but it isn't. It's either a good comic or it's not. You may not like that style, genre, subgenre, whatever. But the art, just take, for instance, Low. Yes. I, I, brought, I brought Doc a copy of Low last week when it came out. It's by uh, Greg Ticini, who does X-Force. He is the artist. It is 100% complete painted art in the book, front cover all the way through. And the writer of that book is Rick Remeter, who is quite possibly one of the top five writers in comics today. So my question to you guys out there is, who do you prefer? Would you rather see a comic book? That you have the love the ab- love the art in it, but absolutely positively hate the writing. Mm. What would you do? They're fine. I do not think that the day has come yet to where we don't have to have the beautiful blonde bombshell with the forty inch breast because you know what that still sells and that's fine. But for an asshole like him who's known because of his chicks are hot to go complain because somebody says hey. Your artwork's beautiful. The women look great, but your story sucks shit. Sure. And so they're not. They can't have that opinion. Now, fuck that guy. I, I could personally care less about Dark Child. I'll go by a guy whose writing is better than over the art. Nine times out of ten. See, I, I feel I, I agree with you more that art is definitely more subjective than writing. But I feel writing has its own subjectiveness as well. Take me, for example. Um, I actually just not long ago got re- done reading the story arc of uh, Grimm's Fairy Tales in Wonderland, mm-hmm. and I really, really enjoyed it. But I can see why people wouldn't, because it's kind of quirky. It's kind of weird. Some people may not like it. It doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. It just means that I enjoyed it for the context that it had. Did now, granted, had it been written worse, then yeah, I probably would have hated it. But and If it had been drawn with stick figure fucking women and no big titties <laughs> and ass, would you have enjoyed the book as much? It wouldn't have gotten my attention to read it as easily. <laughs> I will say that much, but it doesn't mean I wouldn't have enjoyed it. So I can't answer that question. But it probably would have stayed on the shelf. Well, considering I downloaded it. Okay. <laughs> there is no yeah. shelf to involve oh, here. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. no. You're good. School. You're good. You're good. Um, I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, we, you really can't say. It's because of that that, I mean, and granted, that kind of marketing is... <laughs> It's kind of it's shallow. Let's go there. Well, uh, I'll, just... I'll point. I'll call myself out on that. But no, 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 I'm not it's still got my attention. No, 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 no it's fine. Um, sorry. I, I guess I get a little defensive sometimes. It's fine. Oh, and I'm not no. hating on you for that. Um, no, no, would it have I got my attention? Maybe not. But I, I, I like Lewis Carroll. So would it have got my attention? That it was a thing, probably. But oddly enough, I found out about it because there was a board game of it. It wasn't because that I knew about the comic. I was just like, I should probably look more into this. This and, seems kind of weird. And that's not a general hate. <laughs> yes, that's not a general hate on What are you Grimm's. trying to say? You <laughs> 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 gen- Are you advertising flannel? Is that what's going <laughs> on? <laughs> on Xenoscope or Grimm's Fairy Tales, it's not general hate on those because I'm sure some of those books are well written. And yet I'm not a fan of Dawn or whatever the hell her name is. Oh, like, I'm Joseph kinda, Michael Lindsner. Yes, mm. I mean, when Dawn came out, that was a huge thing oh, yeah. for Image Comics. You know, but right now, if you pick up a comic book and you have... 15 words on the page and the rest is art 
I'm, even if the art's gorgeous, mm-hmm. I'm most likely not going to be as interested in that as I am, say, a Southern Bastard. Okay. Or a, but that's just me personally. Or a Chew. Yes, uh, Low. <laughs> just for instance, Low, the book we're talking about, it pre-sold out for fifty thousand copies initial printing, right? Which is outstanding for Image being not a Marvel or DC type comic company, and for it being an uh, basically it's a it's a brand new creator owned book. Um, the artist is kind of famous. He's probably, I'd say, maybe about a second tier. He's not top tier. He's not Jim Lee. Okay. He's not Dave Finch. You know, he's a second tier mm-hmm. artist, but he is on the rise. Oof. But Rick Remeter, on the other hand, that guy's top of the food chain. I mean, he's he's writing probably about four or five books for Marvel right now, and his name will sell a book. Um, low number two is already pre-sold out for 35,000 copies. Oh, wow, copies. okay. So for them to maintain <laughs> that kind of level at on, a, on an image level, the impact of that is craziness, considering in 2011, if a book sold 22,000 copies, it was considered a sellout. So that tells you there that printed comics mm. are back on the rise. Go right. ahead. I'm sorry to go on such a big No, game. it's all right. Uh, just to follow up with That's the last the article, uh, the... Uh, the Escher girl has not taken down the Tumblr post, but every single reblog has been removed. And he's even Randy Queen has even gone to the point he's managed to get the images removed from the Wayback Machine and Google Cache. So he is uh, he does and not like from people. the Wayback Machine. Yeah. I use that site all the time. If he's trying to get it out of that, that's going extra miles. He got it out of there. So <laughs> he's like, you're taking that shit down now. There's a ton of archive stuff I like to go back to. One of the things I've been a big fan of in the last month or two is the Humble Bundles. And they offer anything from video games to, uh, like, Android games to books to... Now they've been offering comic books, which is the first one was... what was it? Image, I think. They had an was image it? bundle and they had a dynamite bundle so far. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was. Uh, yeah. I think it was image dynamite, and then they did Walking Dead, which just ended, which had some great deals for the fact that uh, if you it was paid a Skyward, it was a yeah. Skybound. I'm sorry. Uh, just Walking Dead was all the Kirkman titles from Skybound. Yes, and then also if you pay like, and the thing with great with Humble Bundle is you can pay what you want. If you want to pay a dollar, you'll get these a certain amount of games, a certain amount of comics or whatever, and then they have site certain prices to keep unlocking more. And these are digital. Digital, digital yes. yes. Yeah, they're you're not, not getting... Yeah, physically, but they are digital to your device, and I think they're across multiple devices. I think... Yes, yeah, you can so. download, like, uh, EPUB, uh, comic book reader, uh, PDFs, variety, and either can Comicology, do Comicology, I think. I think you can download through Comicology. I'm not sure. No, no, I don't think so. You know, it's not through the reader? No, it's either direct link or a torrent is how you download it. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, and so they are... And then just recently with the, the when I want to go back to the Walking Dead one, you pay up to like 65 bucks. You got a Negan figure and a T-shirt along with a crap load of Walking Dead oh, yes. Kirkman titles. And they're like usually either trades or things now. And we've talked to like our buddies at Destination when we were talking to them in regards to what, ha- you know, does, you know, digital comics, does that affect you as a book and mortar store? And they said, no, they actually like it because what it does is it allows people to quickly Grab a title, and then they'll be coming in to grab it on the you know the, the Wednesday when comic books come out for the new releases. And then the big thing is, is digital comics have no value past what you paid for them, compared to like if uh, I know I just we got a box that nearly got completely drenched with uh, water with a bunch of the comics that Brian got me. I've got probably there's an issue probably in there that's worth thirty five bucks in there. Uh, I don't know how much is Southern Bastards number one right now. Ooh, it's it, it, probably at least triple its, its original. I think value. Sheltered that oh, you gave me a number one. Yeah, because that's going to be a movie, so that's going to. And that's up. usually right now. If you are, if you want to collect comics for a value, 
listening at listening to our shows and telling you when these comics are about to become a franchise movie TV, you got to think if you had if you knew The Walking Dead, which was a good comic when it came out, but not a lot of people knew about it, and you knew that one day this could comic could become a uh, movie franchise, which Walking Dead thousand bucks now to eleven hundred. Last time I checked, yeah, it was about the, the going rate for number one. The the good thing about this humble bundle is that. Even though the, I think the reason that the stores aren't getting mad about it is because when you get that humble bundle, I'm trying to find the one right now that they're having for booms. So I've got it up right now. You do. Yeah. You get everything. Uh, Dead Letters. I, I've actually read that book myself. You get like the first four issues of that, and that's an ongoing. It's not like just, but lots of these, you're getting the whole story. There's a few of two or three mini stories oh, yeah. on here. You're getting all of them. And then. Uh, I'm not mistaken. Uh, Lumberjanes and the TV show Gravity Falls have something in common. It's driving me crazy because I could. I Lumberjanes is it. in this humble bundle, and I and I I read it. I'd gotten it before. Highly and acclaimed. It is really good. It is it is kind of like take Gravity Falls and Buffy, and it's a very powerful woman. I'm surprised you like it. So it's, <laughs> uh, but uh, and I think it's written all by. Uh, it's an all female group that writes it and it, draws it and, it, and everything. Yes. It is a it is a. Fun, fun book uh, if you've not read it. And uh, I don't think even the trade's out yet right now. No, so. no, it hasn't even come out yet. And you get that digitally through here. And I think the one, there's one of them that's like a $15. The, the best thing about this boom one, and the one, the reason I asked Doc if we could put this on here, because this one here is going to help out the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund. That's the one thing Humble Bundle always does. It has a charity associated with every bundle. And you get to choose how much you could either do 100% go towards the charity. I usually do 50 50, 50 to go towards the company to say, hey, thanks for making great stuff available. Like when they did the image, I was like, they have Saga on there. They have volume one and volume two of Saga up there. They've got a great, a bunch of great comics. So I do 50 50. And then I think sometimes you can actually choose, like, if they have a multiple of uh, charities. That you can set them up, and even you can send like even kind of a, a tip to the group humble humble bundle to be like, hey, thanks for pulling these guys and getting these great oh, deals. And some of the deals are like hundreds of dollars worth of comics downloadable for six dollars for fifteen dollars. Yeah. Mm. No, if you want some of the higher incentives where you do get a T-shirt or you get an action figure or a, or, or a pop vinyl or something like that, some of those are a little more expensive. They may run forty or fifty. Yes, because you have to meet the certain quotation. Uh, the, Quota, sorry. And I was breaking down the Walking Dead one, and just to get the figure in the T-shirt, you would be spending over sixty-five bucks. Plus, you had over a hundred comics that yes. you would have at your disposal with that. So it was a great deal. Uh, and and you think is is like, oh look, fifteen dollars unlocks everything. That doesn't mean everybody's spending just fifteen. We've got people that are spending one hundred and fifty-five dollars, one hundred forty-four, one hundred twenty-five. They're getting the same thing as somebody spending fifteen, but they know that's going to charity. They know yes. that's helping somebody out. So you know. People are being very supportive, and people are, you know, using their money to help others, and it's awesome. And so, the more deals like this, the better it is for us. And I want to tell you guys: do what you can. If you see that you want on there, and you want to read those books for fifteen dollars, but you got twenty, man, give them their extra five bucks. You know, and the reason I say that is because the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund goes to help out people in need, comic book writers that are in need that cannot afford lawyers. And there's a lot of that going on because there's lots of scummy pieces of shit patent guys out there that will take a new comic and say, oh, you you named your character Jane McPherson. 
Jane McPherson, I have a patent on oh, her from three years ago, <laughs> so yeah. I'm going to sue you for $27,000. Intellectual property truly is the scum of the earth. It oh, really is. It's, it's, it's the worst thing it's around. It's awful, and this legal defense fund helps take those bastards and rake them over the coals so they don't dick people. And I'm not telling anybody how to make your money or what to do with your money, but if you love comics, th this is a really good way to give back. And the Humble Bundles, not just that, but they're fantastic fucking deals. They're a great way to jump in and get... I, I don't read a lot of Boom Studios, but I am a fan of Bravest Warriors, and I heard B and Puppycat are oh, great comics. Lumber Jane's, I'm a fan. Is fan. If you like I haven't read of, that. If you like the Sons of Anarchy television show, this picks up in between like season four and five and tells the story in between when um a couple with the character whose daughter died i can't remember off the top of my head don't it, spoil it i don't know uh, good okay. yes but it's good it's really good though is what i'm saying i started reading the this. woods and the woods is really good oh, so. the wood, I'm, I'm mad because i have owned the physical copies of the woods and dead letters at my house oh okay yeah so i mean once i saw the humble bundle i was like bastard and here's the other thing that's great about it you go on the site right now and you'll see a list of the comics that are available to them some are trade some are actual individual comic digital comics but then they're going to release more or as the time progresses. Oh, yeah. There's still like 10. How many days is left on that? Uh, uh, under 10. Nine and a half right now. Yes. I guarantee you that next week they will release probably, if not new titles, but more of some of the ones coming out. Like if, say, Lumberjanes 5 hits, they'll throw that up yep. on there free and you already paid for it and everything. And you go look and you'll have more free comics. To and download. I didn't know that when I first got the image bundle, the first one. Yes. And I went back because I had bought the Dynamite and go, wait, I have volume two of Saga. This is awesome. Uh, I can't believe they just put that on there and then it just it go like if you get it get it and remember we're not making any money we're not but we're supporting what they're doing go and pick it up and then go at the end of the end of the time it runs out and see all the additional comics you get and it's awesome so yes and you may find something on there like lumberjanes that's the instead of having to go pay 9.99 or 12.99 for the first trade you get the first four issues here and if you like that then what you do is you go up to destination comics you have to put them on your whole box yep. Or you can download it if you want to. If you're into digital comics, you can keep getting it from Comicology or wherever you decide to get them from. But you may find a book here that's something you're going to want to read every month. And that's one of the main reasons I like the Humble Bundles. It, it is a definitely a good deal. You should check it out there. Uh, I see how it is. <laughs> As you have your second slice of pie. It is good hey, pie. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Don't you come to me in my pie. Boobies and pies. That's what jerk. sells. <laughs> We're talking about Humble Bundle. In what order? And Elrock is defending big asses and eating pie. That's my dude right there, boy. Hey, man. <laughs> All right. So it's been a heavy show, so I'll go ahead and I will bring us to a close. What did we learn this week? I learned this pie is fucking delicious. It is delicious. How about that? What else did I learn? Um, well, I, <laughs> I learned that I can't determine if we're fans of the franchise or not that you and I didn't go see the, the Ninja Turtles movie. Does it mean that we are big fans that we didn't go see it, or does it mean that we're not we're not fans of Michael Bay? Is what we're saying. <laughs> I learned that I am going to take my kids. <coughs> excuse me, take my kids to see the Ninja Turtle movies just because Swade said it'd be good. All right, I learned that uh, apparently Brian is not a fan of Buffy or any strong female except for his wife. So, <laughs> and also want to thank uh, Destination Comics for coming on and being a sponsor. If you're looking to check them out, you can go to 5031 Shelbyville Road, Louisville, Kentucky, where they have the highest-end retail. If they're at the highest-end retail location, they specialize in selling games of all sorts, cool vinyl figures. Crap, if you like those pop vinyls, go in, pick them up. And the guys are really cool. I mean, they freaking have a game cabinet back there that you could go play and enjoy. And they'll hang out. They'll talk. They 
They'll do all kinds of stuff. So go check them out. You can check them out. Best place to check them out is Facebook or the, the store. So And tell them Frackin' Nerds uh, sent you and that uh, you love our show and that you love their store. That help us out and help them out. All right. Damn, yeah. For uh, Suede, uh, Chad Thomas of the 48 Hour, Big Brian V, and Elrock, this is Doc yep. Martin saying have a frackin' good week. See you at Gen Con.